minds in the game hosted by adam camilleri art of war down under hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to this uh, episode 81 of the art of war down under podcast my name is always adam camilleri i'm rejoined by a gentleman who made my last episode go absolutely gangbusters like apparently you guys are just so thirsty for the tuna beef cannot get enough of that fish cow goodness mr kyle grundy is back hello brother how you doing, man? Hello, everyone. It's good to be back. Uh, and yeah, we're here to do complete our review of uh, the Tau Codex, the brand new Tau Codex, which is kind of getting a huge amount of hype. And now we're, uh, we're trying to figure out if it's warranted. We're still, the proof will be in the pudding, like when we get to some big competitive events and see how they stack up. But so far, everything is pretty damn exciting, isn't it, mate? Yeah, there's so much excitement from the Tau players and equal amount of salt from the non-Tau players. <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> Well, so the, 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 I guess the fear is right now that Tower are a bit of a silver bullet to yeah. the meta at the moment. Like what we ha- what we are equipped with is not good here because mm. they have so many uh, premium multi damage, like ignoring Involm or EG, uh, uh, huge damage, and then mortal wound generating weapons that all the multi wound models we're using at the moment, Thick City, Crusher Stampede, Custodes, is just like in trouble um, and so yeah there's, there's a lot of perception around that it's, it's cool we haven't seen any data yet people are just like hyperboling losing their minds uh, the only, because they can the only thing i've seen which is shared in a, uh, a pm group that i've got was there's a, a uk tournament with beachhead and they've done a list analysis of what factions are there and honestly the crusher stampede is just not even existing <laughs> so it looks well, like yeah. how being a thing has just pushed cr- the crusher stampede completely out of it yeah well crusher's taking a two a twofold little little whack because a lot of people are in this perception it won't exist as soon as the nid codex drops hmm. which we know is directly after eldar and eldar's you know only weeks away so people are like oh well Trusher Stampede, the days are numbered as it is. And and then like, oh, well, it didn't win the LVO either. And so, you know, it can't, it can't be that good, which okay. is wrong. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, but we're here to, yeah, we're, we're here to continue our, our review. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Art of War Down Under, guys. If you do not know, this is primarily a review podcast, as in when there's new content to review for the Warhammer 40k competitive game, I will review it cover to cover. Literally, I will read out the damn book and tell you what I think with an associated relevant guest or two, hopefully an absolute expert savant with the faction as it's Kyle, um, and we will unpack it for you guys. The purpose of this is because the game of Warhammer 40k is extremely hard to keep up with. In addition, it's extremely expensive to keep up with. And So we're trying to offer you a place where you can stay current with the game, in an enjoyable, entertaining manner, where you can listen along to people who hopefully know what they're talking about. Um, me, questionable guests always, um, and you know, get some insights into what to look out for, how to stay current, what to be knowledgeable about, uh, knowledgeable about, and yeah, gain that insight without having to you know chase chase the dragon, so to speak, with your wallet. 
This is a two-part podcast, of course. The first part of this, the content review, as in the reading, the discussion, the um, the looking at the new stuff, will forever be free. I will, I will never charge you dollars for this. Should you wish to support me and get the other half of this podcast, which is where myself and my my guest in this case, Kyle, will be deep diving and talking about matchups and answering a huge amount of listener questions and patron questions that we have. You can go over to theartofwar40k.com. You can sign up to our podcast and just do any of the other Art of War podcasts and get involved, send in the questions and get part in shaping the content yourself in addition to getting that full other half of the show. Or you can go over to Patreon, um, The Art of War Done Under, find us there, sign up and get involved whichever way you please. Kyle, all right, where do we leave off? We just, we've done all the sets, we've done all the strats. What what do we have to work with thus far? Well, we've got the um, prototype systems, haven't we? Uh, which is the the biggest part, I yeah. think, to the Tau Codex. It's just it's just phenomenal. That and the relics. So, yeah, so we're going to be starting this review at page seventy, which is where we left off. We just finished up the we just finished up the stratagems. The stratagems are pretty good, more toolboxy than like straight line. This is going to win you the game. It's more like that's where you get your your sept your sept strat is the one where you're like, well, this is the thing I'm going to build around. E.g., far side enclaves, possibly tower sept, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but okay, tell us about the prototype systems. How does this system work for people at home? Is this like is this is this a just pay CP for these? Do you pay points for these? What are they? So you pay points. It's very similar to the GSC style. So basically, the prototype systems, the rules are in your army. If, if sorry, if your army is battleforged and includes any Tau Empire detachments, excluding auxiliary support, super heavy auxiliary, and fortified network detachments, then when you are mustering your army, you can upgrade any of the following models in your army by giving them a prototype system. So the models that can take these are a commander model. A crisis chasseur, uh, which is your team leader in your crisis suits mm-hmm. or bodyguards, um, and ghost kill models. So any of those four types it's, can get these prototype yeah, system. Really interesting that they they said they chose ghost kills. There's no there's no broadside. There's no riptide. There's no stealth suit. Even it's just the, like there's the crisis chassis, the commander chassis, which is also crisis essentially, and then the only other one is the ghost kill. Why do you think they cho- did that? Utility. Uh, the Ghost Keel has never been a damage dealer. It's been a distraction kind of effects or yep. a utility piece. So I think Dude. by giving them options just to kind of upgrade a few things, it's really nice touch. It's a really nice touch. I, uh, I couldn't have said that better. <laughs> that was perfect. All right, dude, you want to tell us about this first one? And yeah, sure. Course? So we've got the, um, the Star Flare Ignition System, which costs 20 points. Um, and it's a Cold Star Commander only. So once per battle, when the bearer starts or ends a move, or when it uses its high-altitude maneuvers ability before removing it from the battlefield, it can use this prototype system. If it does, roll 1d6 for each other unit within three inches of this model. On a 2+, it suffers d3 mortal wounds. Eh, I'm, I'm not too sure about this one. Yeah, I think it shares the same, um, I suppose, utility. If you really need something dead, and you know, you've got a yeah. character that you've been in combat because you've got the donkey punch and he's got one wound left, then mm-hmm. hey, guess what? If you're still alive, you can just jump away and kill it. So I think That's only fair. little scenarios like that are really going to do it justice. So it's probably not yeah, something that this... I've looked at putting into my list, but I can see if you want a bit of fun and maybe a bit of cheekiness, then mm. yeah, it might be an option. Yeah. I, I wish this was half its points. 20 points, mm. you're probably not. 10 points, maybe. Um, 
Next one is sensory negation countermeasures. This is a commander or crisis model only. Once per battle at the start of the fight phase, the bearer can use this prototype system. If it does, select one enemy unit within engagement range of the bearer's unit. Till the end of the next turn, each time one that unit makes an attack, subtract one from the attack's hit roll. So you're stuck in combat. It's a problem combat. You're worried. You're not sure if you're going to make it out. Pick that unit, and you'll be minus one to hit for, the, uh, for, that, for that combat. I mean, how, and how many uh, points is it 15 cost? points. It is 15. I don't mind like that it. one. Because uh, chances are you, you're going to get a problem combat. Like especially if you go to a mm. tournament, you're going to go into five games. You're going to be like, "Well, this crisis unit has to live if I'm going to win." And bang, it's, this is got, might just get yeah. You the through. way I see it is that um, there's so many ways of denying charges, whether you by clever movement blocking mm. or by making minuses to charge. Some of the strats that we mentioned before. I think it's fair to say that if you deploy like an absolute genius and you move like a genius throughout the game you're still going to get that one combat that's going to hit you eventually mm. so having that extra layer of defense to be like up oh, minus one to hit could really save your bacon especially when you factor in yeah. drones and various other things that you can do so you can keep that to the last unit how i see it alive um uh, dude yeah perfect because this will go hand in hand with double doubling down on mm -hmm. those points as well good good shot good um job. okay so uh the alternating fusion uh, blaster commander or the, the, <laughs> yeah this one so the one that gw previewed so it's a commander or crisis model equipped with one or more fusion blasters only the prototype system replaces one fusion blaster and has the following profile so it's only a 12 inch uh fusion blaster assault one strength eight minus four d6 plus two it says each time an attack is made with this weapon if a hit is scored draw a line between the closest point of the model's base or hull and that of the closest model in the target unit make one wound roll against the target unit and each other unit this line passes over so easiest example some Muppets put four um, vehicles lined up nicely <laughs> for you because he's just lost the will to live. You can go and try and pop them all. <laughs> yeah, this is so rare to get uh, huge mileage. But if it the, the better way I see it is sniping yes. characters. Because it doesn't say you're allocating a hit or having to roll a hit or choosing them as a target. You're just getting to roll an attack against them should should the line mm. pass them. So this is a cheeky sniper, but it's very close range. At 12 inches, that line is not very long. It's not going to pass over a huge amount of stuff. Yeah, because I'm just trying to think of it. Like, let's say, if, uh, again, I use this example a lot because it was obviously, you could see it on stream, used a lot in LBO when a mm. custode's character's in the middle on an objective and you've got three custody uh, bodyguards behind it's like, could you find a way if he pushes something forward to try and snipe Trajan or that character? You know, it's it's situational. Yeah. I think if you're that close to somebody, if you're not killing what's in front of you, then you're going to be in for a world of mm. pain afterwards. And I do like it each time um, it, it, it does it. It's not like a once per game, it draws this beam. It's just every time it, go, mm. it pops off. Um, I wonder how this works in combat. Because um, naturally you can't, if the hit is scored, okay, so never mind, yeah. never mind. I, I, I thought you, I know you, what you're getting at, yeah. You have, to, you, have to shoot, you have to be able to roll the hit dice to, to, to shoot the target out of the combat and then draw the line. Because it would have been cute to be like, okay, I'm going to shoot at the rhino over there and draw the line through the repenture, mm. through, the, through the, the, um, the character and hit the rhino. But you can't, you can't declare the yeah. shots at the rhino. If but the thing combat. is, I think um, one cheeky application with this fusion blaster that I was just trying to think about would be Tau Sept on a cold star with the relic of the uh, vector uh, retro thrusters. The, the, the jump, jump away. away so yeah. you could be within six inches of a bodyguard unit, then do your shooting shenanigans to get that arc, uh, especially if you go in kind of first and the opponent's deployed quite 
huddle together and then you could do it and then when they try to react to you by charging you you flee away that's probably the only situation where mm. i would deem that useful and quite clever uh, the rest of it would just be a bit yeah. of a meme easy done all right next up is advanced burst cannon burst cannon dwo2 commander or crisis model equipped with one or more burst cannons only the prototype system replaces it of course um it is a range 18 assault 8 strength 6 minus 1 1 damage each time attack is made with this is allocated to a model that model cannot use any rules to ignore wounds it loses so uh and this one will cost you 15 points so as in, you get no feel, no pains. You get no ignoring wound save stuff. Does that mean you, you, if you, if you have a rule that says you can only take X amount of wounds per turn, this ignores that I would too? I presume so. Yes, because there's a couple of mm. other guns. Yeah, I don't mind. a couple of other guns that say the same. So I think it does get past it. I don't mind that. I think this is combined okay. with the um, the specific one for the uh, cold star, the one that's like ten shots of strength five. I think this is nice to. Um, I've seen it been built before um and it's quite a, a well-known loadout for a cold star to having with like 30 shots mm. you know like basically yeah. cold star that just goes and just mows things down so i think that's it's got more shots than the long barrel burst cannon on a uh, riptide which is funny <laughs> yeah so yeah that, that's pretty, good pretty funny i would definitely take that if i was going that way inclined with my cold star um What's the next one? Oh, yeah, the Nova Surge Plasma Rifle. So, effectively, it's a commander or a crisis model only uh, with one or more plasma rifles. Uh, it replaces one of the plasma rifles and has the following profile. So, 30-inch range, assault 1, strength 8, minus 5, damage 3. And it says each time an attack is made with this weapon, unvulnerable saves cannot be made against that attack. Oh, this is it's not, not bad. bad. It's, it's a three-damage gun, isn't it? Mm. So, pop, they are. Your character yeah. takes three wounds. No invuln. You know, mm. just pop, unless it's got some sort of feeling or pain. It's assault as well. It's got a good range. Yeah. AP's beautiful. Because uh, this is the thing, yeah. You have, so, uh, Harlequin Kiss or Caress or whatever it is, it's got a strat to ignore mm. invulns, but it's only got AP 2 on it. It's just like, well, okay, I've got a 3 up, I've got a 5 up save anyway, and I probably only had a 4 up invuln, so it's only minus 1 to my invuln in yeah. effectuality. Um, and against, against like, a, a Thunderhammer Storm Shield Terminator, <laughs> like, well, I was going to take a 3 up armor, I was never going to take my freaking invuln anyway. This is correct. You have 5 yep. rent. Uh, did you have, you know, did you have a 1 up armor save, son? No, well, you got, you're good. You're straight yeah. on through. Let's Get go. wrecked, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get wrecked. All right. I have oh, sorry. The one? plasma rifle is. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. Up my... I wish they put yeah. them in order. What, what, I've got, they got them in alphabetical order. Great. It's 20 yeah, points. On the, the system. But if it. Yeah, if you just put it in read order, that'd be great. Uh, next up is Thromo Newtonic Projector. Mm. Yeah. I said that right. Uh, is Commander or Crisis Model only equipped one or more Tower Flamers? This is the bees mm -hmm. and knees, as far as I can tell. Um, in shooting, it's range 12. Assault D6 plus 2, so min 3, possible 8. Strength 4 minus 2, 2 damage. And then melee, it is the same. Strength 4 minus 2, 2 damage. And each time the bear fights, it makes D6 plus 2 additional attacks with this weapon. I feel like this is the best one, and it is 20 yeah, points. put that in my list bag. Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh, that's it incredible. Is. Well, this is this is one half of the Donkey yes, Punch um, commander, making a commander that actually slaps. Yeah, right? 100%. You combine that with the Onaga Gauntlet, and suddenly this dude's doing 4 strength 12 AP 4 damage 3 attacks, and then D6 plus 2 strength 4 AP 2 damage 2. So there's not a lot of characters that I know that could walk into that fight thinking they're going to survive. So I think that's really good. Um, it does, I think, need an FAQ, yep. because currently you do have to roll to hit with this. 
Um, so I don't know how that will be FAQ'd or if it's intentional. I am just, I, I am just fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have to roll the way, so come on, let's not complain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I think it's definitely a staple uh, for that build of uh, combat cold star. Yeah. Mm. All right. So next? Um, my other, I, I'd give this my second favorite out of all of them. Um, so it's a commander or crisis model equipped with one or more airbursting fragmentation projectors. This prototype system replaces one of the airbursts um, and has the following profile. So basically, same range, twenty-four inches, assault D six, strength five, AP two, damage one. It ignores line of sight. It's a blast weapon, and it says that. Each time the bearer shoots with this weapon, if any hits are scored, until the end of the turn, subtract four from the leadership characteristic of models in that target unit. Ooh. So it can be applied, let's just say, everything else that has an average leadership of, say, eight, you know, they're suddenly going down to leadership four. Um, and if you kill a model, they're leadership yeah. three. And if, and so they're failing. And there's a yeah. strat Extra. where you can spend one CP um and they count as double wounds lost for the purposes of leadership oh so then you can wow. stack this so the way i plan to use this particular gun is have the rest of the airburst on one unit decimate a unit and just have that one cheeky one shoot something else to then mm. cause more attrition well we so we figured out versus Manny's list. So when we were testing into Manny's list, we figured out the best weapon we had turn one and turn two was to actually make morale do like half yeah. our work for us. This kind of adds that factor, but it's it's a self-contained one. Whereas we were like, okay, we need to put enough shooting into the list so we can kill exactly eight mm. racks from up to three different squads. Now you just, this guy just does one of those squads for you and does it with like one gun. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? And that's you can, like you said about really calculating, good. there's not really much calculating to mm. do because it's a blast weapon. Yeah. You have 11 plus models right then. Exactly. So like, there's 20 guys there, all with a four pin bun. Well, mm. I'm going to shoot four air bursts. That's 24 shots. And then this extra one. So four four air bursts with this yeah. one included. You know, that's 24 shots. I'm hitting on threes, rerolling ones. And then you have a four up save. Okay, yep. on average, I'll kill what? Eight, nine, maybe? And then yep. you go, oh, yep. I've just failed leadership. And I'm using that strap, by the way, as well, to count as doubles. So you just lost 16 mm. dudes. Yes, it's nuts. It's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty strong. How many points does that uh, run So you? that runs you 25 points. So it's the one of the priciest ones, but it's definitely worth it for the situations that we're talking about. I think it's and also, phenomenal in its application. If, you, if, if you're playing in a meta where morale can actually do a thing, like if you're playing into nothing but Custodies and freaking Crusher Stampede, you know, this does not apply. Well, but there are a lot of games where this Custodies, I know it's reaching, but they're at Leadership 11. Can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah. made a whole entire bike run away? <laughs> you killed? Yeah, well, that's the yeah. thing, right? There's nothing like you, you want to see a, a, a you want to see another man die mm -hmm. inside or woman <laughs> <laughs> make a bike run away and just see the light leave him just be like oh yeah it's definitely <laughs> definitely one to uh, think about uh, auto putting in your list if you're taking airbursts. Next up, uh, we have internal grenade in, yeah internal grenade racks. It runs to 15 points uh, once per turn after the model has moved in its moving phase. You can select one unit it has moved across and roll a d6 on a d oh, sorry on a two plus. It takes d3 mortal wounds um, and then your commander will die. <laughs> so, although it doesn't say it doesn't say who this is on, so you could put this on a ghost kill. Yeah. Um, what do you think? it's kind of cute, but I wouldn't really think about it's, taking it. It's once per turn. So I think if you are using your cold star, you know, in a smart way, you could maybe cause some 
you know, what trickle damage over the game, but you have to be close mm. for that. And I don't really believe in yeah. doing trickle damage with Tau close up. If you're getting close, you're going in for the kill. You're not going exactly to do right. little plink wounds. You're killing ev- everything yes. like you were within 18 inches of must yeah. die. Otherwise, you're getting exactly. charged and dead exactly. yourself. Um, uh, yeah, this this doesn't kind of make no. sense to me. The uh, next one, again, is one of my, I say it's, this is one of my top three. Um, the Resonator Warheads. So, Commander or Crisis model equipped with one or more missile pods only. The prototype system replaces one missile pod and has the following profile. So, it's range 30, assault 3, strength 8, AP 2, damage 2. But the main part of this is each time the bearer shoots with this weapon, if any hits are scored against infantry, beast, or cavalry unit, until the start of your next shooting phase, half the move characteristics of models in that unit. If models in that unit are affected by any other modifiers to their movement characteristic, this ability cannot reduce it to less than half. So that can be really tasty okay. if you're setting mm-hmm. up your defense for the next turn. I think this is Definitely. amazing. How many points this one is the, one of the most expensive ones. It's 30 points. Fair. It's fair. Because it's actually a good pro- oh, weapon profile. Uh, it gives addition. you an extra shot, like, and it gives you an extra strength uh, to a missile pod. Yeah, to a missile pod. Um, it's still Assault 3, so mm-hmm. you can advance and drop this. So, and well, oh no, I'm hitting on a 3 when I mm. advance. But who cares? Um, so you're going to get out to get angles. You're going to be able to get range. I think this is amazing. I think this is kind of the tempo piece that you may need in some when people start to get yeah. aggressive. Um, it doesn't say... As it, say uh, it doesn't say that they can't be fly... <laughs> Doesn't say it can't no, be tight. Yeah, just, yeah. So it doesn't matter if you can fly. Yeah, it's just straight, yeah, which up, I love. Bam. Now I think remind me, um, are grotesque beasts right? Or I can't remember if they are or not. I think they're. I think they're. Well, infantry, if they're, right? oh, yeah, of course they're infantry. Yeah. So you know you're going to see more grotesque now in um, Drakari builds. So this can just be like I'm slowing mm. that unit down. Um, and yep. I think this yeah. can be combined really nicely with the, the relic where you can potentially half their movement as well. I know it says reduce it by half, but you can have suddenly two areas where you're influencing their movement. And um, yes. I think yep. this is that resonated warheads. Don't think killing, think actually they're going to try and move this unit on an objective next turn. So if I make them yes. half movement, they're not going to get to that objective. Well, and, and pacing mm. as well, because that's what, what you want to... You want to add that tempo element to your tower game, yes. I think, because there are there are armies that will just. I mean, I'm looking at Blood Angels again all mm. of a sudden, and and Raven Guard and stuff like this, just because I'm like, well, they're actually not too bad into custodies, and they're better into things like tower because I can start closer or just go. Here's my whole army, oosh, you know, yeah. deal with it. But then oh, it's not my whole army because two units are hard move. So am I going to go in with two thirds of my army and leave these two? Big fatty units behind. That sucks. They're just not going to make and it. And that now. falls in. Uh, so that falls in perfectly to my philosophy when I've been using my tower in terms of uh, people ask me, "Well, how do I beat? How did I beat my list? The one I ran prior to this new codex?" And I was like, "Well, if you try and split up and go for different areas of my army, you're going to lose because I'll move around you. Mm. And um, you know, if you go all in to one area, then that's your best bet. And it always has been good to go against tower. Just go all in on one side." and have me react yep. um with this mm. like you said i'm controlling the tempo which is what i what a tower player wants to do control yep. the pace of the exactly game right um eh disruption shoots up up next it is 30 points so this is the equal most expensive this is for a ghost kill model only once per battle in your command phase the bearer can use this prototype system if it does until the start of your next command phase it gains the following ability 
While enemy units are within 12 of this model, each time an opponent selects that unit for a stratagem, and each time your opponent uses a stratagem when that unit is selected to shoot or fight, increase the CP cost of that stratagem by one. Note, the CP cost is only increased by one for that use of the stratagem. Any free usages do not. Um, this is... Uh, I don't feel like this is good. <laughs> um, no, it, there's two. There's one reason I don't think it's the, good. It's because it goes against what you want to do with your goal skill, doesn't it? Yeah. It's to, the terms and conditions, <laughs> so the, the rules and what she gives you is great. The T's and C's yeah. are horrible. Um, so within 12, maybe that's two units. Like, maybe that's two mm. units. Um, and you do it in, at the start, uh, in your, you do it in your command phase, not even their command phase. You can't even bait this out. So your opponent is just, like, going to be within 12 and then just going to walk themselves outside 12 of <laughs> your ghost kill. It's not hard to avoid. The only <laughs> and you pay thirty points it for done? it. When is it done? It so it says at the start. Each time your opponent uses strategy, you declare it at the start of your command phase, and it's done at the next at the start of your next command phase. So they're just not going to be within twelve. If this was twenty four, sure. Um, if this was eighteen, maybe twelve inches. They're just like, I'm not going to be within twelve, brother. Let's. I'm just going to. I was thinking, could it be applied to if someone was going for a, a deep strike against it and a nine inch charge with a reroll? Would it work then or not? Uh, it, uh, sorry, unit for a stratagem. Each time opponent is strat when they are selected to shoot or ah, bite. Right, okay. Won't oh, even help you. Won't even help you with nice. charges. Nice. It would be damn nice. It'd be Put damn your nice. Scale with the screen and go, look, if you're going to charge that, it'll cost yeah. you two CP to re-roll it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it, this it thing sucks. sucks. It sucks. <laughs> 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 it sucks. Nah. So, sorry, Ghost uh, Kill. Keep that one in the bin. Um, oh yeah, I'm really sad because that was the first ghost kill only one. I was looking like, yeah, some utility no, good it's stuff. Trash. Like, <laughs> no, if it was like if you pop it in your opponent's command phase, mm. um, and it lasts until their next command phase, as in they have to go through a whole turn of your yourself in the mm. middle, rather than a turn where they get to see exactly where you set up, exactly where they, you put your ghost kill, and when that aura is, and then be like, well, I'm just going to plan to not be where that's going to be right yeah. you know because they can't move anymore they could have, they could have done something <laughs> creative with it in terms of uh, the beginning of your movement phase of the ghost kill pick a unit within 12 inches if yes. that unit wants to spend any stratagems it costs double and then just jump them away well that's perfect yeah. right because you, you just you just rock on up to a unit of vanguard vets that have to go in next turn or a big unit of terminators that have to mm -hmm. push forward every turn like because there's a death wing or something that yep. works that works well uh, as it is, yeah, this thing doesn't. Uh, you'll never buy it. No, never just buy it. Uh, just cross it out in the codex, guys. You just <laughs> there's no point. <laughs> it's it's yeah. bad. Yeah, sorry. So uh, stim injectors. Um, so stim injectors is ten points, and it can be given to uh, any commander or crisis model. Uh, so once per battle, when a saving throw is failed for the bearer, the bearer can use this prototype system. If it does, until the end of the turn, each time the bearer would lose a wound, roll a 1d6. On a 4+, the wound is not lost. So it's basically a 4-up shrug. Um, yeah. I like it. It's got that extra... Uh, it's I... only 10 points. Oh, only 10 points. Mm. And it'll, it's that it's that get-out-of-jail-free oh, yeah. card. That's really cool. Because, like, so you got seven seven wounds on a commander now, uh, yeah, 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 seven wounds. Is it eight on the Enforcer? Uh, uh, I, I think they're, the they're all, I think they're all seven. Up. I think the Enforcer just minus one damage. Um, so you've got a functional 14 points once, yeah. once per game. Yeah, and then you've got a couple of drones maybe they have to get through first. Like, this is great. This is great, So one thing, I think I was talking with uh, Alex Harrison about this and using it on a unit of crisis suits. He said, well, what if a, a, a flyer charges you with flat four damage? 
uh, I was like, oh, okay, we'll think about it this way. You've got a two, you got you got a two up save. I'm sure it's not AP four if you give them the original armor, and then you fail it, and then you're gonna save half of those, but you could be basically putting them on drones first if you have four shield drones, and then mm-hmm. potentially only lose one crisis suit rather than losing like four. And, yeah, and then yep. you've also popped the minus one to hit potentially. Oh no, you can't have them both because it's two. Yeah, you, no, you can't. Yeah, so you have one or the other. So the stim injectors could just potentially save. Um, a couple of crisis in that one turn, or if let's say high guard is shooting you in direct with the damage, you know the D threes, you can suddenly yep. tilt it to not even do anything. Mm. So I kind of like it. Yeah, I like it a lot, dude. I like it a lot. All right, last one: wide spectrum scanners. Models equipped with early warning override only. At the end of the reinforcement step of your opponent's movement phase, if the bearer is not within gauge range of any enemy units, it can shoot as if you were shooting phase, but it can only target a single eligible enemy unit that was set up as reinforcements this turn and is and is within twelve of the bearer. Uh, this is interesting. <laughs> yes, it is. It's twenty mm-hmm. points, and uh, so but you can put it on. You know, of course, this is another one that can be put on a ghost keel. If, if though, I think actually, no, this would make sense on a ghost keel if you had ion and two burst mm-hmm. cannons. Like just GSC, just rock up and you just waste half the unit. Um, very easily waste half the unit. And can you Overwatch as well yep. at the end of the reinforcement step? Yeah, this is an Overwatch, so you could Overwatch as well with the early warning override, mm-hmm. right? Which is the five above five Overwatch? Overwatch and no, it's five above the... Overwatch for that bearer, yeah. and then the unit uh, counts as it one less CP than what it would normally cost. So free Overwatch, but it can only do it once per game mm. for free. Mm. So well, so. Yeah. You, you think about this as well. So you, you, sometimes people are, people take a lot of airbursts, mm. right? Just shooting two airbursts at yep. a unit and then overwatching them all of a sudden makes that a, a, a big deal. So there's another way uh, that this is really useful. Um, and there's all these prototype systems and, and relics. It's really difficult to choose because they're all so good. Mm. Well, most of them. But this one, do you know when stuff pops up in the reinforcement step, like the custodies character or uh, the young Khan, for example? Uh, and it counts as if it's in the reinforcement step when they pop up. Oh, so if anything, really? if, wow. I think this is right. I mean, if I'm wrong, obviously there'll be comments on this, but uh, I, I believe that if anything counts as coming as a reinforcement step, if they pop up, you can still shoot them potentially. Oh, that would be this, huge. This is, that yeah, this is, this is what guy. I'm just trying to think. I might be wrong. Like, don't get me, don't get me, don't quote me yep. to this. But if that is the case, <laughs> um, then it's. It's a discussion discussion point. point. Yeah, can you? Uh, And if so, having your cold star not loaded up with the donkey punch and give him all the burst cannons just to sit and babysit your crisis bodyguard and go, if anything tries to pop up and do any shenanigans and then heroically intervene me, they ain't going to survive when they pop up. Well, dude, because I I was thinking about ways custodians can neutralize tower. One of them was you yeet over your incredibly Mm hard-to-kill bike captain. He drops off the Praetor plate guy who comes on in, and then you just deliver two extremely hard bricks into your opponent's lines, tap two of their best units while all your bikes and wardens and Sagittarium move Mm -hmm. up behind. I'm like, well, if you can just do that turn one on Dawn of War, like that game is really well handled. This becomes, okay, this this has become like a huge spanner in the works. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, that's the prototype systems. Actually, a really good amount of them. Um, and as far as we can tell, I think almost half of these are worth taking, which is better than most of these <laughs> systems, isn't it? Way better than most. Um, what's your verdict? Because obviously, I think it's the um, the, it's the the baby, the thermonutronic yeah. uh, projector is the auto take, and then there's like three like pretty damn takeable most most, most yeah. Games, so the sorry. takeable ones that I, every list that I've been designing for Farsight Enclosed has been the um, 
the flamer the thermoneutronic projector yep. and the domination fragmentation launcher. The other ones that I've ummed and ahed about, depending on obviously points, because they are quite pricey when you add them up, uh, is the resonator warheads yep. and then obviously the wide spectrum scanners just to deal with what we were discussing, which is a topic for yep. discussion, which is the can you use it when stuff pops up on the reinforcement step, like the Trajan, the, mm. the character, the Cassoy's character, and, yeah. and lots of other shenanigans. And then like steam injectors is oh, still is. a thing. It like is. that is amazing. Those are the go to. Uh, it's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Jumping down to the Warlord traits. Uh, first of these reads um, Precision of the Hunter. Each time this Warlord makes an attack, you can reroll the hit roll and we reroll <laughs> the wound roll. An attack, guys. It doesn't say shooting phase, fight phase. An attack. This is the money. Yeah, he's hunting you. <laughs> he's basically hunting this is a, you. This is auto take, man. Because with, with, remember what you said? We said like you can have a 30 shot mm-hmm. Cold Star. Real to hit, real to wound, that thing just dunks. It's well, let's crazy. just explain that that one, for example, guys, that, that 30 shot cause, let me go into a bit more detail. So he has 10 shots at strength 5, AP 1, damage 1. In Montcar, remember, mm-hmm. it could be AP 2. If you combine it with one of the stratagems yep. for two units shooting at one target, it becomes AP potentially 3. Um, and then you've got 8 shots from the DWO2 burst cannon, and that's strength 6, mm-hmm. AP 1, slash 2, slash maybe 3. Then you've got two regular burst cannons at strength 5 AP dash, but in Montcar become AP 1, potentially AP 2. So then suddenly you've got this guy doing 30 shots, re-rolling all hits, all wounds, mm-hmm. different levels of AP, mm-hmm. different levels of strength, and just absolutely nukes whatever it shoots. He makes a Talon Master look exactly. pathetic. Yeah. Yeah, he really, he, oh, he really does. Oh, and this guy, by the way, at last no. put, last couple of turns of the game can use his deep striking ability and just pop up and go, that backfield objective is now mine. You know, he could just take it and snipe so, stuff. Mm. And I know I know everybody's on the Moncar train, and rightly so, <laughs> because this game is won and lost in the first three turns. Um, <laughs> not the last three turns. But Kalyon with oh this guy, God. when you can re- you can pick up all your, and just fish all the explosions. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got 30 shots, and you're in, it's turn four, so you're just exploding fives, hitting on twos, roll, <laughs> pick up anything that's not a five, roll them all again, and you'll end up with, like, 43 hits or something ridiculous. Yep. Um, it's just going to be nuts. Um, all right. Yeah, so next. it's the good old... Uh, Tried and tested, but with a little bit of a revamp. It's the three-unit devastation, and I think most Tau players took that because it was the only real one that we could take. When a sept, uh, when a friendly Sept core unit is within six of the Warlord, uh, each time a core model in the unit makes a ranged attack on an unmodified wound roll of a six, improve the armor penetration characteristics of that attack by one. Okay. Um, this is still, still good. Catch a fireblade pops out of a, um, a devilfish mm-hmm. with his 30 breacher boys, and then suddenly you've got 60 attacks that any 60s to wound do an extra AP. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. And you can then you can reroll to wound. Uh, one exactly. of those units. So it's a kind of a nice way of bumping up the efficiency of your uh, foot troop boys. And don't get me wrong, mm. it can still work on course or crisis with some broadsides. Exactly. Now, I think this is amazing on um, mm-hmm. airbursts. I think Definitely. it's phenomenal. Um, all right, a ghost walks among us. Each time an attack is made against this warlord, subtract one from the attack's hit roll. And each time this warlord advances, do not make an advance roll. Instead, it auto moves six. This is cute, but I don't feel like it makes the cut. Yeah, it doesn't make the cut. I mean, the minus one is, well, if your character's been shot, then what are you doing? Uh, and secondly, yeah. the auto six, you could do that for a strat on battlesuit unit. So to be honest with you, exactly. you could string out your crisis suits to be in range of your commander anyway. So it's not. It's cute, but it's not. it's not something important. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. This next one is really good. Um, through boldness victory, in your command phase, select one friendly sept core unit within nine inches of the Warlord until the start of your next command phase. Each time a core model in that unit makes a ranged attack, any unmodified rules of a six automatically 
wounds the target. Ooh. Uh, could be nice. Okay. So if you combine that with, um, I don't know how it would work. I don't think it would work with Kion because you, you hit on sixes and that explodes. Mm-hmm. Would that explosion cause an extra wound? That is another. That, no, no, it wouldn't. Okay. No, it it's nice. Yeah. Um, it's it's still nice though because you have just units that will just throw mm-hmm. out mass shots, and you want you want those. Either that's your fire rose could could be one of your unit of crisis suits that has bursts or um, hey, air bursts. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Air bursts would be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually quite mm-hmm. like it. Um, exemplar of the Kion. Um, this is your redeploy. Um, if you chose, it's it's redeploy one unit always. If you chose Kion as your as your philosophy, it's redeploy three units. That is, is that correct? Spot on. Yep, and this is the one that comes with Shadow mm-hmm. Sun. Um, so is is, is, a, is a, she has a very good, very good one. Um, and up to you, you go exemplars of Monka. Yeah. So uh, just before I do the exemplar of Kalyan one uh, and the exemplar of Monka one are the two ones that you should be looking to take every game. Uh, I'll explain the Monka one and then we'll talk about these in a bit more detail. So the exemplar of Monka in your command phase, select one friendly sept core unit within nine inches of your warlord until the start of your next command phase. Each time a core model in that unit makes a ranged attack that targets an enemy within nine or twelve, if you selected the Monka tactical philosophy, you can reroll the wound roll. So, right, guys. Um, yeah, let's let's so let's talk shop. Um, so, the name yeah. characters obviously, Farsight has exemplar of the Monkar, and Shadow Sun has exemplar of Kion. Now, I'm a Farsight lover. Now, I'll take Farsight. He has exemplar of Monkar. So, awesome, real wounds. And I'll take a Kadra Fireblade with exemplar of Kion, just for one mm-hmm. particular uh, tactical play you can do. You can place your um, stealth suits nine inches away from the deployment or whatever it is, uh, ready to drop that homing yep. beacon. And if you don't go first, oh, okay, cool. I'll pull that unit away into a more defensive position so that when they come out mm-hmm. to come and play the game, you can still have your turn one alpha strike with your crisis suit unit. Yeah. For, the, for those unaware, the homing beacon is essentially lets you deep strike turn one a la yeah. a drop pod. Without the drop pod. <laughs> that, <laughs> that gets wrapped. Without, without the drop pod. <laughs> exactly. And tapped. It's so much better. Um, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And that's a huge alpha strike play. And in addition, you could be supporting that player with three Devilfish, like moving up and disgorging all their breaches turn yeah. one as well. Um, the alpha strike is real, guys. And it's going to be a yep. thing. The Monkar. Um, like yeah, the Monkar is great I, I as well. Because the. I think both of both are bread and butter. Sorry, no, man. no, you're right. They are bread and butter, and they work in tangent with each other. So the Montcar, um, yeah. you know, like we said in the last episode, your crisis suit units movement ten, uh, auto advance eight with a cold star nearby. That means you're going to be in their face, um, and then you can just reroll wounds within twelve inches, and you want to mm. be within twelve with farsight anyway to get your bring marker light, and then the crisis suit unit that drop yep. in that are all <laughs> going to be using plasma cyclics fusion. Can then suddenly reroll and have, all everything. Yeah, you can yeah. have two crisis units. Yeah, because exactly because that's because you have the strat yeah, as strat. well from Farsight Enclaves. This is so yeah. efficient, so absurdly efficient. You don't have to do this on big squads either. Like the, for this for this no, to come up, the real to real to wound from from the Monkar. Small squads get huge mileage yeah, out of this. Dude. I like to think of it as I've got my anti infantry crisis unit that's doing air bursts, rerolling wounds, mm-hmm. and I've got my big monster killer vehicle killer unit uh, that's also rerolling wounds. So have at it. 
Yeah, exactly right. All right, we have three crude warlock traits, which I think is amazing, and everybody should be very happy. Uh, the first one of these is Masters of the Hunt. This is an aura. While a friendly crude unit is within six of this warlord, each time a model of that unit makes a ranged attack and the target is within 12 inches, the target has not received the benefits of cover against that attack. So it's the benefits of cover, so it's both types of cover. This is quite good, even though I do not think it makes the cut because of how good the other Correct. ones are. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're, you're my mate who's taking three crude. Uh, <laughs> three, three yeah. Shapers. yeah, 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 three, yeah. Uh, yeah. 300 crew. <laughs> so, yeah. pack leader, uh, this is probably the uh, one of the bread and butter ones. So, while a friendly mm. crew unit is within six of the warlord, each time you make a charge roll for that unit, roll one additional d6 and discard one of the dice. So, effectively, Amazing. drop one of the lowest ones. Uh, yeah, so and it says crew, not uh, crew units, sorry. So, crew hounds, crew tarks, yeah. crew, everything, everything crew. Yeah. If it looks like it's uh, dodgy and hides in cover and wants to eat you, it's re- it's rolling three dice. Take away the lowest. Uh, the, <laughs> That's it's a great, really good one. Honestly, it's, it's fantastic. And the last one's another aura. So all three of these auras. And auras are always better. Um, while friendly crew units in six of the wall at each time model in that unit makes a ranged attack, if the unit did not fall back this turn, it counts as having remained stationary um, in its previous movement, previous movement phase. So that really only affects heavy weapons. Crutox, yeah. yeah. So crutox with their yeah. auto cannons on the back. And mm-hmm. maybe which? Oh no, actually, yeah, that's uh, it. That's it because the, um, if you're taking yeah, the biceps, the counters having Montcar or Cairn anyway, so they can count as stationary mm. if they advance. But this, yeah, it's just Crutox, isn't it? <laughs> it's just Crutox, uh, and which means uh, so basically yeah, that one, uh, yeah, that, that one is just not useful yeah. at all because if you're taking yeah. Crut, you should be taking Dalathai, which is the benefit when they're within six inches of the Warlord of the tactical philosophy. Spot so you don't need it. So it's pack leader or bust, as far yeah. as I can tell. Ma- unless unless you're going all crew, which take which you're taking master of the hunt and yeah, pack yeah. leader. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, but apart from that, like it, exemplars of your whichever and precise hunter just seem like the three auto you're going to see yeah. all the time through unity de- through unity devoed is how we say it in <laughs> in Australia. Or is that is it through through unity devoed? <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, is is if you're going infantry heavy, I think that makes a lot more mm. sense though. I just think the exemplar um, ones are just too good not to take, and then good. obviously the precision of the hunter. Yeah. I think you only take that with the two builds of cold stars, which is, at the moment is the only two builds. The burst, the, the guy that goes the burst, punch, the, the guy yeah. that goes, I'll punch you. Um, three unit devastation yeah. is nice. I've seen it used a couple of times, but I honestly, I, I really rate having both exemplars. I think they're just mm. gold. All right. Well, despite having all those prototype systems, there's still actually a bunch of relics. And the first one of this is the Pure Tide and Engram Neurochip. Um, while the bear is on the battlefield, each time you spend a command point to use a Tau Empire, Empire Battle Tactic or Tau Empire Epic Deed Strat, you get this ZP back on a 3+. Okay. Why are they getting them back on a 3+. plus? Because they're only... Um, it used to be on a 6+, plus for anybody, everything, for everything. So every stratagem spent. Yeah. But they've specifically tailored this to the utility strats. Um, so all the ones for your firewars that we mentioned last episode, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, for example, just just for those mm-hmm. that might not have listened in, all, all the firewary ones, the, the Breach and Clear, the Relentless just... Philosade, Onboard Senses, they're all battle tactics. <laughs> If they're going to give you one on a 3+, plus, just make one of them free every turn. Like the Magi <laughs> or the Logi crap. It's, it's, it's stupid. They're, they're, well, why even, but yeah, just make I one imagine, of them free. I imagine there's that this one is... guy there that just can't roll anything but ones or twos. And he's looking ones at this twos? going, oh, for God's sake, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to him, this is the worst relic I'm in existence. I'm taking a relic and I can't like, use it. Everybody else uh, can, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, oh, like, it's the Onaga Gauntlet. We've talked about it. You know, it's the uh, put on a mask 
massive fist and punch stuff until it dies. So it's um, it's basically the um, the Iron Man scene, you know, when he's in that big suit and just punching mm. the Hulk to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hulk. Strength yeah. strength twelve, AP four, damage three. You're in your rain in your melee attacks. It's got four, commander's got four attacks, so have at it. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, strength twelve, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like strength times two was not good enough. Strength just just yeah. twelve. Uh, yeah, this is really good. This is um, if you're build, making that build, and I'm I'm of the opinion if you're in a, it, it's a meta choice whether you go the the, the, mm. the burst cannon boy or the not. It's just pretty much a preference. Um, if the if your meta is less thick, this boy is less good. If your meta is very thick, this boy's dreadnoughts. Dreadnoughts um, the six, right? <laughs> so yes, I'll punch it and wound on two. It's, you will, and you'll re-roll it just for the lulls because you got a patient hunter. All right, multi multi-sensory disgorgement, mm-hmm. discouragement array, <laughs> discouragement. At the beginning of your movement phase, select one enemy within twelve of the bear and roll three d six. If the result is greater than the bear's leadership characteristics, select one of the results below to take effect until the start of your next movement phase. They lose opsec. They halve the move characteristic of the model in that unit and halve the charge rolls made for that unit. And each time the model in that unit makes a range attack, it can only target the closest eligible unit. I like this a lot. Oh, I love it. And I'm so disheartened, the fact that I have to choose between this and Pure Tide and Grand Chip mm-hmm. every single time I'm making mm-hmm. a list. Because here's... This, this, is is your, this is how you yeah. use it. So, you know, with the list design that I go for, I design it, like I said in the other episode, that I design it around the secondaries. So one of my cold stars is obviously going to be one of my two the lasts. So I don't want to put it on him. And I obviously want him to have the Annika mm-hmm. Gauntlet. So my Kadra Fireblade, who gets out of a Devilfish that's going to be aggressive with all those breaches, gets within 12 yep. and then goes, right, yep. do I need to switch off Obsec? Probably not. Would I like to set up a unit that, cannot then move as efficiently or charge as efficiently yes please so you'll pick a unit that you're obviously not going to destroy or that's going to be used as a retaliation whether it be a character or whether it be another unit yep. and go did i beat your leadership yes cool you're half movement and half your charges if they then move at you let's say average movement is let's say let's just say six so the movement three it's in, it's impossible that they declare, and then they they declare, declare a charge, charge and then you go i'm going to spend one cp and uh, you're minus two so well, it's it's already impossible. If if you if you're perfectly twelve inches away, they move three inches. They have to roll an eighteen on two dice in order to make that charge because they oh, have yeah, the charge yeah. roll. So so if they're twelve, if you're tw- perfectly twelve inches away, if they've got a jump pack, they have to roll a twelve to make the charge because they move six inches and then they have to roll twice of a six, so they have to roll an eleven to get that charge off. So you are perfectly safe, sir, and you are stupidly close and perfectly safe. Um, I love it. This is this is nuts. This is nutsly good um, for every 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 build that is a Montcar centric that you're building. Because that's, that's that's where I'm at with this book right now. Are you building to do Montcar or building to do Kalyon? And one of those builds is just flat better in the game at the moment. The first one. <laughs> um, this is oh so oh, it's good. Oh, enough. The fact that every oh dude, oh my god so good. The fact that every option is really good too. Um, the only thing that I worry about, like, is the fact that you have to beat like a nine on three d six most of the time for this to affect a premium unit or an eight. And beating an eight on three d six is pretty pretty likely, um, but beating a nine is not a sure thing. At it's all. not. But if it goes, it's one of those risks, isn't it? It's one of probably one of the most um, exciting risks that you're going to take because if it pays off, it ruins. Mm. Because what you could also do is presume. Presumably, let's say with your Monkar, you're getting the extra AP on your breaches anyway, right? And um, what if you actually deployed? Well, actually, no, sorry. What you would do, you would get your breaches out, 
out the devilfish, shoot, and then leave a couple yep. of units left to charge your devilfish in. So then your devilfish are in front of your breaches, and then you go, yeah, there's two or three mm. devilfish in front of you, and you can only shoot the closest one. Oh, you've got a death well, watch unit that goes auto wounds on six. Yes. Yeah, you're going to shoot that devilfish, not yes. my breaches. Exactly. The other thing this is, I think this is the thing that will make or break the mirror match. Mm. Mm. This is this is so big in the mirror, guys. If you are, if there is a if you are a tower player and you know you're gonna have to play other tower players, be the one that oh, has you're this. giving away my, the guy se- who has away this. my secrets, man. <laughs> 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 my breaches shoot your breaches. Your breaches have to shoot my devilfish. <laughs> <laughs> Win. I just just won the game. Yeah. It's over. Uh, you make a very good point. Yeah. Um, you make a very good point in terms of you are gonna have to plan if you're a, a, a tournament goer. You are gonna have to plan to play another tower player, and you've hit the nail on the head. This mm. is the anti tau relic yeah it so is it's beautiful so let's move on from the the, the one that we all love uh the next one's pretty good it's the solid solid image projection unit once per turn the first time a saving throw is failed for the bearer the damage characteristic of that attack is reduced to zero and the bearer has a four up in one so way i see this, this it's really good. good because you don't have to spend one of your hard slots on your commander um, so you could mm-hmm. put in an extra gun or whatever you want. Um, and yeah, you reduce it to zero and he has a four up in one. So this is, a, this is a, a free drone. Exactly. This is like, I, I have a perma drone yep. once mm-hmm. per turn. Uh, I think it's sick. And then, you know, you could have, and then you could do too. the drone trick as so, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, I this is really if good. You combine that, for example, not saying you would, but let's say if you wanted to go for a really tanky enforcer, minus one damage, mm. he has this relic. So he's got, you know, zero and then he has stim injectors. <laughs> and yes. he's minus one damage, and he just can And he's got a bloody two up armor save if he wants. Because no, no, three up. He can go. Nah, you ain't killing me. He's just in he the block. Literally, is. He's just like he's probably yeah. he's probably the, he's probably the <laughs> commander that goes. I don't need no bodyguard. I don't need no units next to me. Yeah. I'm just gonna well, take it. He's he's the one. Oh, how good would that be? Is that actually going to be good on a, a cold star? Uh, because that could be another mirror match pick where you just yeet an unkillable cold star and just start tapping all your opponent's tower stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be done. I mean, I think um, with the um, uh, against the mirror, I think a weight of dice would just kill him. But yeah, it could definitely, it could, de- it could definitely, yeah. as uh, it could definitely tank certain things and catch an opponent off guard. And I like these little things of like mm. people are going to look at your tower list, look at your commanders, and go, "What the hell does that do?" And you and you'll be like, <laughs> "Well, this guy is pretty much unkillable." That's the short version. But if you want to know yeah. the specifics, you'll just yeah. list off loads of these rules, and the person will go, "You know what? I'm just not <laughs> even going to go for it." Glaze over. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, yeah. "Thank you." All right. Next so the next one. Advanced EM Scrambler. Enemy units that are set up on the battlefield as reinforcements cannot be set up within 12 of the bearer. That's cool. In your command phase, select one enemy unit within six of the bearer until the start of your next command phase. That unit cannot be affected by aura abilities of other units from your opponent's army. Um, mm-hmm. I hate that it's within six. I hate that too, but I like the 12. I do like the 12. It's what it's you nice. were saying about the anti-custodes, anti-delivery kind of, of a, a unit that pops up. It can't. Yeah. Yeah, anti-GSC is, so is quite nice them, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's unchargeable. Um, the six for the turn off the aura is like, oh, oh cool, you can't re the hit on your Terminators. Oh, it doesn't matter. He's still mm. dead. Bang. Yeah. Uh, you know? uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure if I love this one, but I, I think it might be necessary sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, it, yeah. Sometimes, again, though, there's so many good relics, so you're just going to have to choose one, practice it, stick with it, or move mm. on. Um, so, next one is uh, Boroth. Rod Gland, so it's a crew model only. Once per battle yep. in your command phase, uh, the bearer can use this relic. 
if it does until the start of your next command phase, the bearer gains the following ability. Alien glands, while a friendly crew unit is within six of this model, <laughs> add one to the attack's characteristic and add one to the strength of models in that unit. Uh, Hello, Crute. I am the captain now. This is nuts. <laughs> This is this nuts. is the one that we were talking about uh, on the first episode, where you could just have a central crew guy with yeah. everything conga lined to him, and go for an entire turn. Everything's gone mental. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Straight, your strength five with what is it? Three attacks uh, or four be, attacks each? Uh, three attacks. So basically, they'd be doing what six different you know, twenty sixty attacks that could potentially yeah. with us the, be wounding a knight on fours with the ethereal. It's the we are. Yeah, we are goth yeah. boys. Thank you <laughs> yeah. very much. Yeah, this is this is really if you're playing crude heavy, this yeah, is what it's take. take. Um, this is or Ortu's mm-hmm. lantern. Models equipped with a marker light only. Each time this model performs a marker light action, roll five additional d6s, each of which causes the enemy unit to gain one marker light um, token on a roll of a three plus. So does the marker light action, which usually you roll one three plus, and then they get one marker light token. This guy rolls five marker light tokens to allocate five to a single target. Um, this is kind hmm. of good. It's five instances of plus one to hit. Um, I don't know when you're going to be shooting, needing five units to kill one though. Like that's kind of bad math by on the other tower players. Yeah, because you'd be hitting on like, three. So I say you'll get what like yeah. is it five additional ones or six? So you're getting four hits. So I think it's only really going to yeah. be um, worth doing on let's say a big blob of let's say uh, thousands of terminators uh, where you might need yes, to that's kind true. of pump. Yep everything into it um, but again yeah. the main problem with some of these good ones and i'm not going to say this is rubbish it's good but there's so many other better choices so you're having to kind of choose a style of list and then that will usually dictate what relic or what prototype you take agreed um the next one is another it's an auto take if you're a, if you're an ethereal lover uh, i don't like ethereals but uh, <laughs> um in your command phase if the bearer is on the battlefield it can intone one additional invocation it knows from the invocation of the ethereals that has not already been intoned by a friendly model that turn each time the bearer intones an invocation add one to the roll to see if it's inspiring so basically it's twos um so you have two so it becomes you have Unvar and Unshi that do it on twos. This standard mm-hmm. boxcars ethereal just goes, yeah, I could do it on twos mm-hmm. as well. So this is the um, Master of Sanctity upgrade, a la yeah. uh, Space yeah. Marines, yeah, for Chaplain. Uh, this is good, yeah. I mean, the, we're going to be talking about the mm. invocations next, and they're quite tasty. Yep. Some of them. So I don't, yeah, I don't hate this. Um, next up, the Kindled Blade. Uh, casual fireblade model only once per battle in your command phase the bearer can use this relic if it does until starting next command phase it gains the following ability um blood ritual bonding ritual rather aura while friendly except fire warrior teams in six uh, automatically passes morale moving on you want to tell us about the next one yeah i love the <laughs> fact that you moved on because i was literally had one word trash Who's trash. who's not killing fire warriors if you shoot them? <laughs> to a man. I mean, look, yeah. okay. The only one thing I will say before anyone says it, what if you had one dude on an objective and he was objective secured? Fair play. It means that you're not spending two CP to auto pass his morale. But come on. <laughs> you spent you spent a one CP on a strat to maybe use it once in a tournament of yeah, six games. It situationally could be like really clutch, but I would not be designing a list or a relic around that. Um, yeah, so the yeah. next one, Ethereal. Yeah. Um, I love this one. Even It's What's called, it called? Neuroempathic Nullifier. Uh, so basically my brain turns you off. Um, ethereal model only, yeah. once per battle, in your command phase, 
The bearer can use this relic if it does select one enemy unit within 18 and visible to the bearer and roll 1d6 on a 2 plus until the start of your next command phase. That The target cannot perform actions. If the unit is currently performing an action, it immediately fails. That is Ooh. awesome, especially with some of the new Nakmon missions uh, yes. with the setting explosives one, and it takes a turn if mm-hmm. you're non-obsec. Oh, honestly, having that annoying little guy go, nope, it fails mm-hmm. for once per game. If you're like what I spoke about in the first episode, which was about planning um, how you're going to win the game or keeping track of the scores. If you're keeping mm-hmm. track of your scores and your enemy is going to be three points ahead, then you go, well, I'll tell you what, if I switch off the action, I win by a point. That would be a really yes. clever way of going to your opponent. Mm-hmm. Going, if you have salt, now's the time to deploy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this mm. is good. It's this good. Is very good. Um, um, all right. Da-da-da-da. Next one. The B-Gel mm. Hunter's Plate. Add one to the armor saving throws made for the bearer. Each time the bearer would lose a wound, roll D6 on a 5+. plus. The wound is not lost. Um so an enforcer would get a one-up save, correct, is that correct, yeah. with minus one um, damage? No, uh, an XV8 would get a one-up save, and an enforcer would uh, still... I think the enforcer still has a standard save, he's just got the minus one damage. But you could have a you could uh, have an XV8 yeah. commander with a one-up save. It's not bad, and a five-up field yeah. pain as well. Yeah, I don't think it makes the cut, but... Good it's good to know, if you, if you want, want those, it. like we were saying before, if you want some unkillable characters that can tank some stuff once you're the stuff's dead, then yeah, great, go for it. Um, oh, this is cute. It's um, a, a crew gun. Um, it's called the... Oh my, What's it called, yeah, though? Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. do it. Kachataha. Yeah. Kachakata. There we are. Remember, did you guys ever have the biscuits, the Sakata biscuits? Uh, no, I don't think we did. Okay, well, maybe it must yeah. be anything in Australia. A Kachakata. <laughs> Basically, a crew gun, <laughs> goddammit. 24-inch. Um, yeah. It can be attached to a crew shaper. It's 24-inch gun, rapid fire 2, strength 5, AP 2, damage 2. Each time you select a target for this weapon, you can ignore the lookout sir rule. Each time an attack is made with this weapon, an unmodified wound roll of a 6 inflicts a mortal wound on the target in addition to any normal damage. Like I said, it's okay for a crew gun, but I wouldn't be wasting I mean, a relic on that. I, I wouldn't be wasting a relic on it either, unless you're all crew, in which case maybe yeah. you do. Uh, but yeah, as, as for what it is, not horrible. Uh, do, you, do you know what I love about this um, this relic slot, this whole relic mm. page, these two pages? There's not a single pistol. That's just, <laughs> you just like, it's a good mm. day, you know? I, I did a review, didn't read, read out a single relic pistol, guys. It's a good I love review. the fact that the, uh, <laughs> like the first page has three pitches. It has some sort of fancy drone, a little chip, and then a yeah. fist. On <laughs> a good gauntlet. So if I yeah. was to if I was to give my opinion on the top three, and maybe you should do the same, I would say my top probably choice is the um, multi-century discouragement array on mm-hmm. a good gauntlet, and I would probably choose the third one being. The ooh, you know, because I'm a lover of tactics, I'd probably go for the empathetic um, nullifier, nullifier with the ethereal. Yep, I feel like you either want so to me, multi sensory discouragement array is the Definitely. best one, it's the best. Um, <clears throat> on a gauntlet, if you're building for it, which means it's a side grade, it's like it's in the second mm. tier for me. Um, I, I then I, I think you just double down. Am I taking the multi sensory array? I am because it's auto take. Well, what other disruption bullcrap can I throw my throw mm. on my opponent? Um, you can take the advanced scrambler. You can take the what was the one who said the yeah, empathetic yeah. nullifier. You can just take disruption jack. Yeah. 
Um, and I like it a lot. You can take three good disruption, jank, annoying options, and I think definitely you take. I think that up. plays. Um, I think that absolutely will catch your opponents off guard. Probably not if they're listening yes. to this podcast because they'll now know about it. But most people, they're, they're onto <laughs> it, man. people will look at town and go, "Oh God, they're just going to shoot me," and they'll be worrying about so much. And then when you pull this jank mm-hmm. on them, they'll be like, "Oh, you got that as well." Oh, yep. For God's sake! Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. They're going to, because that's the thing people expect. We talked about this before, right before we started. The best thing about this book is how non linear it is mm. now. Because it used to be when you played Tau, you're like, they're good. Like, like I said, even in part, like yesterday, last week's, they're going to play a shooting phase. I'm going to play a movement phase. And that's the two dynamics of the game. But now it's not. Tau do a lot. And in addition, now they've got mm. jank. Uh, like a whole new element has just been added to this. Uh, now non-linear play style, which I think is really exciting. All right, we'll jump down to the invocations of the ethereals. So this, uh, Adam, you know, another, I'm just going to toot my own horn again. When I said like 18 months ago, I bet they turn ethereals <laughs> into chaplains, and they did. So these are your canticles, essentially. The first one here is Storm of Fire. Um, if this invocation is inspiring, select one friendly Tower Empire core unit, excluding Fire Enclave Uncl- units, because, well, you can't take ethereals in there anyway. Um, and the new mono sub-faction thing means you can't take farsight with an ethereal anyway um units within six of the ethereal that unit can make range attacks without any actions it's performing failing this possibly is my favorite i mean i've got mixed reviews on it in my head because the ethereal has that ability anyway so it it goes pick a unit don't do an act you do an action um and you can still do whatever you want shoot and stuff then they've got an ability to do it on another unit but apart from specific mission secondaries how many times are you doing one action in an aura buff of, a, of an ethereal because let's say take a rod i'm going to call it rod because i'm not pronouncing the other one uh, the knackmund one but you'll have R&D. Yeah, R&D. <laughs> you'll have two units next to ethereal within the aura right they're in the same table core yep. so they're not going to be doing fair. two actions in that you're not going to be taking you can't take banners and rod so sure. so my question really is is like unless it's a mission specific action then why would you take it if an ethereal has already got your power? So the way I would take it is that it enables you to, for one CP, well, this, mm. is a, this is a three CP option, but it gets you a lot of points if you okay. pull it off. You have an ethereal in a devilfish with the breaches. And this is I did this in the only one game I played with this book. I did this and it netted me, I think, nine points nice. um, in, in effect because I pulled down a banner in addition. I slung a, a, an ethereal in a devilfish, went out, one CP disgorged the contents. Mm. The ethereal then spent two CP to do this invocation out of order and let that unit that then spent another CP that I didn't even have to spend to reroll wounds and pick up three custody shield guard, pulling down one of their banners, flipping the primary, and then doing Nuckmund for my last one with the, the action instead of failing. And it was just like such a huge power move swing. But you're right, it's very niche. Mm. But when you do it, you feel like a god. I mean, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, you feel okay, really yeah, fair good enough. Like with the fact it's that added layer of jank that you talked about so yeah um people i bet you bet that custodius player was like i'm sorry what now yes it was it was just like huh okay um and because the, the inspired to greatness is in your command phase so it's really the, the the only real power here that i'm talking about is when it's applicable and you can do it out mm. of actions and you have a crap load of cp so yeah it's not that good it's not that the, good it just felt oh, good it definitely a feel good moment so the next one was it the one of the more popular ones i think is going to be is sense of stone uh basically give a unit a uh five up shrug so pick a tower empire core unit Ooh. uh excluding guys every one of these says excluding farsight anchor so to save our tongues <laughs> let's Sorry. just remember that yes and it was within six inches of the ethereal 
Each time a core unit model and loses a wound on a roll of a five plus one d six, the wound is not lost. Uh, phenomenal, broadside phenomenal. Although you have to have it exactly. I was about to say you have to have a unit that's worth it. Is it either has to be broadside oh, or yeah. crisis Eight wound broadside. Yeah. This is yeah. A, <laughs> yeah, but this isn't. This is not for those people who may think this is worth it on crisis. Oh, sorry, on strike teams and whatever. It's, it's not. not. It's and really it doesn't not. apply to they, drones. Yeah, this the game is way too killy for this to matter on a on a ten wound three plus sorry toughness three. Because broadsides have got eight matter. wounds now, so that's where the unit three would be what twenty four wounds. Huge man, man you, you're basically huge. saving. If something could kill a unit of three boards broadsides, let's say they don't have drones, but they obviously will. It's saving a broadside. Well, yeah, exactly. On the twenty four wounds, it adds a whole third, a whole fourth guy yeah, worth of and wounds. And if you took him as a, um, to the last unit, yeah. and let's say you hadn't killed a knight, and it came up and was like, "I'm going to delete that unit," and one's left, you go, "Oh, it's now survived, and I'm going to hop it behind a wall because I'm infantry. I've just mm-hmm. saved myself five points on my secondary." It's yeah, huge. Next up is Zephyr's Grace. If this invocation is expiring, select one friendly Tower Empire core unit within six of the Ethereal. Each time a ranged attack is made against the unit, the unit does not. So if it did not remain stationary um, in your movement phase, subtract one from the attack's hit roll. If it did Ooh. not remain stationary in your movement phase, it's time. Okay. I'm okay. worried about that. Do you know why? Montcar. Why? Yeah. So um, you, I was thinking, oh, yeah, do Montcar and then cast it on there. Hang on a minute. Montcar says you count as remaining stationary. Yes. Ah. Uh, ooh, this I is, would have auto-taked uh, that yeah. normally, but I've literally is, just on this podcast now thought, oh wait, Montcar allows you to count as remaining stationary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean if you had that same unit of broadsides just sitting there mm. at the back, um, you could just have it like five up, feel no pain to minus one if hit, it which did would be nice. Not remain stationary in your previous movement phase, subtract one. Also, if it moved. If it moved, you have to have moved. But then you count as a mating stationary if you're Moncard. That's going to need. That's going to need. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, write in G Dub yeah. right now. <laughs> Bombard them and say, "How does this work?" No, no, no. It's, it's a valid point. Um, usually, I, I, you know, I think, um, I think Siegler was doing. I think I don't. I can't remember. Um, they would because Siegler um, did that video against uh, sisters and he had the broadsides and he had the unvar uh, yeah. I don't. I can't recall it. I'm sure he played it spot on. But yeah, it's an interesting one to get FAQ'd because. If you count as remain stationary, but then this says if you re- didn't remain stationary, it's like what? I'm confused. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Do I get minus one because yeah. that's massive? Having unit broadsides, yeah. for example, with a five up shrug and minus one to hit. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. And with stabilizing yes, optics, so they don't count as moving. <laughs> they don't count the penalty for mm-hmm. moving, even though Montcut. Yeah, it's just a, a whole load of um, confusion. But yeah, anyway, really nice one. I would use it, but let's wait for an FAQ and harass GW about that. Correct. Uh, what's the next one? Powers of Tide. So basically, um, select one friendly tower auxiliary unit within six inches of the ethereal. Each time model in that unit makes an attack, add one to the attack wound roll. Nice for crew, like we mentioned before. Pick a unit of crew, yeah. and, crew yeah. and make them wound most things on twos or knights on fours or talos on potentially threes if you... Uh, no, fours. Yeah. Fours. Yeah, fours. You can't yeah, get yeah. strength six, yeah. Um, but you're still, if you're taking crew heavy, it's, oh, that's it's not what I take, take yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, next up is Unifying Mantra. Uh, this is an aura. If this invocation is inspiring, then while Friendly Tower Core Unit is in six of the Ethereal, we're on morale tests, add one to combat attrition, moving on. Tell us yeah, about the last one. Trash. Uh, this one, <laughs> do you want a CP? Have a CP. Uh, <laughs> Where's the wisdom this of the is guide? So, so basically, in, in this invocation is inspiring, you gain one command point. Thank you very much. I'll take mm-hmm. that. So, to, to my mind, there's three good ones. Yeah. There's. Um, Sense of Stone. So these are the auto takes. Sense of Stone, Zephyr's Grace, and Wisdom of the Guides. I do love Storm of Fire. 
but I get yeah. where you're coming from. I'd say those because I, 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 I was you. designing a list with Unvartin, and I was like, you know, which which three do I take? I was like, oh, Storm of Fire, but then I thought, yeah. hang on a minute. And I looked and thought, wait, Ethereals get that power anyway. Okay, I'll scratch that off. And I went Zephyr's yeah. Grace, Sense of Stone, Wisdom of the Guides. But now that until that Zephyr's Grace is FAQ'd, because most Demonic Monk, yes. I'd probably be inclined to agree with you that I would take Storm of Fire just for those situational moments. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Jumping down. Oh, sorry. And, and, and you're taking Farsight on Clay, so you don't get to play with most uh, of this stuff. But how tempting is it if you're not playing okay. Farsight? Do you think Ethereals and Auto include, or is it a so maybe? So I, I, I obviously I love competitive builds. I love to have a powerful army, as we all do. Um, but I'm looking at Ethereals thinking, you know what? I do love Unshi. He is a badass. <laughs> He's great with his blade. <laughs> and that's the only Ethereal I respect. But I can definitely, I built a few lists with uh, the Tau Sept, with uh, Unvar being central around it, and loads of Fire Warriors, and actually just doing, I'm mainly mm. looking at Ethereos for the making my broadsides more survivable, because in Tau Sept you're going to take broadsides, and making my foot dudes do actions and still shoot, and various things like that. Yeah. That's the way I look yeah. at Ethereals. Um, but there is a way of me still doing Farsight with Ethereals if I take an allied Farsight. I don't feel good about I think it might get FAQ'd. It's not meant that way. I'm, I'm a huge That's advocate not. of, look, if something's not meant to be that way, don't be that guy. Because at the end of the day, I yes. know it's a raw versus rye, but I just tend to kind of, I want to go to a table. Most tournament organizers will FAQ it. I know a couple of tournaments in the UK yes. have um, made their own FAQ about long strike not being able to be protected by bodyguards. You should just apply yep. common sense. And I think if everybody applied and common sense to these you know, rules that are not as intended, it would be a, a far better experience for all. Yeah, and look, there are enough precedents out there, and since since eighth yeah. edition, it's it almost unanimously things have been ruled uh, ri uh, so rye mm. over raw when it's when it's when it is cut yeah. and dry when it's just like ah oh, is this one one way um either by the community or by G Dub so if you're ever worried about it just to be like what are they trying to say here ask ask some people's opinions and just just get informed because it's usually the gut it's it's usually a heart overhead and I've got to say the heart usually it, wins the head's like. But I could do it. And if you say that line, you might be wrong. And it's, it's a bit of a, a feel-bad feeling. I mean, I've, I've gone against some good players and we've had a laugh about it. But like having a Dreadnought mm. being protected by two Vanguard veteran bodyguard things or having like, um, yeah. you know, b yeah. um, Black Templars that get six-inch aura and just have it. It's just like, oh... This is I can't play the game because of that one rule, and you don't want to not mm -hmm. be able to play the game you love, even at highest competitive level, when rules have obviously been messed up. I mean, GW, hats off to them. The yeah. game is far better than it ever was, but they're going to get things wrong. There's, I don't know how yeah. many words if you collected it all from every codex, and they, but Jesus, they're going to make mistakes. So it's just about For applying sure. common sense. Agreed. All right, man, we are up to the secondaries, and then we're going to just talk a couple of data yeah. sheets. But the first of these is in Shadow Operations. It's aerospace targeting relays. It's, uh, mm. it's quite a bit to unpack here. Um, if you select this objective, place an aerospace designated marker halfway along each battlefield edge. So that's, that'll be four of them. Um, units in your army can perform the following action. Install targeting relay. One or more infantry units from your army can start to perform this action in sorry, at the end of your movement phase. Each unit from your army that starts to perform this action must be within six of a different aerospace designation marker uh, that has not already uh, had the targeting ray installed in it. The action is completed at the start of your next command phase or and at the end of the battle, whichever comes first. If the action is successfully completed, that aerospace designation marker is said to have had a targeting relay installed on it. 
at the end of the battle, you score a number of victory points based on how many you've installed. One for two two points, two for six points, three for nine points, and four for 15 points. Um, there are some things I like about this. There are some things I loathe mm. about this. Uh, there are some deployment maps where you can deploy very hard-to-do ones very easily. And then there are things like Dawn of War where you'll get killed to a bloody shred trying to do more than yeah. one. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, it's trash. I mean, they're all they're all, they're yeah. all trash. Oh, and I'm sorry yeah. to say this, guys, because I really am loving the book. And if there was one thing that I'd say I'm disappointed about, it's the secondaries. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, I always try to turn it into a positive. Tau have not got a problem with secondaries if you plan your list around it. But in terms yeah. of specifically this one, I think the best that you could hope to achieve on most of the missions, almost all of them, Two. is maybe three. If you're clever, three. Mm. Because mm. you're going to have enough firepower and big units for the opponent to have to concentrate on. And if you're obviously taking ethereals, then there's nothing stopping you from having a crisis unit still shooting with a unit of five on that side bit, because you're going to want to get angles on what you're shooting to sit there and go, I still Mm -hmm. got it. So I think ethereals with this, you'll guarantee three. If you've not got ethereals, probably two. I agree. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about some of the diagonal deployments mm. where you can just reach out outside your deployment zone and get the halfway ones very easily. Get like one of the halfway ones very easily. I feel like if you were able to, let's say, have one unit of, of, of stealth suits. Could a stealth suit? Are they yes, they are, yeah. yeah, so stealth suits do one on the opposite to your to your diagonal. Do the one on that side. Let's say you go first, pop yeah. that one. And then you can really take your leisure doing the other two. Um, and so that would feel good. But you're just going to take R&D, aren't you? Right? You're going to take R&D and be like, hey, yeah. look, I've got yeah. eight points for doing three. And then yep. if I got a fourth one, twelve. You're very in this game, and I love the fact that GW have taken the feedback on board and um, from the playtesters in mm. the actual whole chapter approved last time and gone. Let's make it hard for people to score hundred. So the fifteen, yes. you might as well just forget it. There's only a couple of secondaries exactly. that I think Tau will auto score fifteen, and even then, against a good player, you might not. Um, Literally, it's like it's like to, to the, the last, last for me. To the last is, is the, the golden one. one. Yeah. Engage on all fronts, slash yeah. stranglehold, and then R and D. Those are the secondaries. Mm. And you know what? This is probably gonna. I'm shooting myself in the foot. If you're listening, and everyone's <laughs> gone against me in tournaments, and you're gonna face me in tournaments. Just write it down on the sheet before we even get there. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm yeah, gonna take. Exactly right. All right. You're yeah. Up next. So, battle for your supremacy. Um. Uh, okay. So, uh, decisive, decisive, decisive action. action. Is the one. Yeah. Um. If you selected the Montcar philosophy at the start of the battle, then at the end of your turn in battle rounds one, two, and three, score four victory points if you control half or more of the total number of objective markers on the battlefield. And then in reverse, if you Mm -hmm. took Kion, it's turn three, four, and five. Now, okay, so my thoughts on this one are, if you're going to be going down this route and you're going against an army that, let's say, can keep you out of the um, quarters, you won't take engage on all fronts. So then you're given a choice. Do you take stranglehold or you take this one? So stranglehold, if you can do it every single turn, it's three points, three points, three points, three points. So you're either going to get 12 realistically, or if you're really wiping the opponent out, you're going to get 15. But then it's not really a question. So on stranglehold, it would be safe to say that you'll actually only get 12. Now, if you're going this Mm. one, actually, it might be worth doing just to kind of do it for one less turn. So for three turns, you'll get 12. So that you don't have to throw out extra assets for uh, one turn. But 
you're flagging the only window that you have to in which to mm-hmm. do these things to your opponent, who then just goes, "Well, if I can just stop one of these, this was worth exactly. taking stranglehold." And you're and you're and a you would just put and custodes on there. You yeah. put a character in the center of objective and go, "If you exactly. want to take it, I will heroically intervene." Exactly right. It, it's 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 such it it's great in the fact that you can effectively get a bunch of points for only doing like as a third pick, getting eight points for doing it twice mm. might be good enough. But the problem is if you only do it once, yeah. like freaking yikes! And you and, you and you go in and this one would be perfect if you're banking on going first. If you've made a list that mm. literally only wins on going first, then yeah, take this. But I wouldn't I wouldn't sure. be doing that. Yeah, I wouldn't sure. be doing that list design <laughs> anyway. Um, but spot yeah, on. It, meh. All right, up to the last one. No mercy, no respite. A clean victory. Um, if you selected the Monkart Tactical Philosophy at the start of the battle, then at the end of the battle rounds, one, two, and three, you score the following. One victory point. If one or more enemy units were destroyed at that battle round, three victory points. If three or more enemy units were destroyed at that battle round. If you selected Kalyon, then it's the same thing, but for those associated ones. So Monkart being one to three, um, Kalyon being three to five. I don't uh, like it. I, 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 it's, uh, it's like the uh, point you mentioned before. So you, you're putting it in the enemy's control to dictate what you do. Exactly. And you never want to do that. I mean, it's cool. You're going to get... It's not cool, actually. You're only going to get... I guarantee you're probably going to get one a yeah. turn. <laughs> if it was just one for every kill point you get that turn, yeah. sure. Sure, that would be fine. You get one. You get a kill point. You one point for everything you kill. Turn one, two, three. That's cool. Monkar can can do that. And in some MSU games, you're gonna get. A I mean, bunch it's of a points. worse grind them down, this isn't it? Sucks. It's a worse. It's, it's a worse sucks. grind them it's down. So much grind worse. them down is three points. Way worse. Uh, a turn, mm-hmm. whereas this one is potentially four. So why would you? I mean, you just take grind them down then. <laughs> uh, you just take grind them down, man. This, and, yeah, also, and also, and also, with yeah, Tau, you don't want to just kill everything quickly. You want to just kind of slowly, yeah. kind of, you know, keep the ebb and flow of the game in your control and just kill the most important assets as and when you mm. need to. Yeah. And you don't want to have that. You don't want to be, you know, uh, throttled by the need to do it this turn, yeah, that exactly. turn, what turn. Like, yeah. I, I, this is the biggest hole mm. in the book, is the secondaries. Definitely. By far the biggest hole in yeah. the book. Um, but mind you, if they had like a broke ass secondary, I think this codex would be needing a nerf. <laughs> yeah, as right now, yeah. it's still, it's still my, it's still did, my. Did you, but did, as did as you right now, take Tau? Yeah. Yes, have fifteen points. <laughs> yes, if they had that, like, oh my god! Because if you could take like any, if you could just take to the last and another auto yeah, fifteen, broken. this game, this this book would be be nuts. So we are up to talking about a couple of the um, special rules. So most of this is just going to be breaking down what mon. See, this is one thing I really. Uh, dislike about G-Dub's um, road mapping of their codexes. We haven't told you guys what Monkar and Kalyon is, and we mentioned it thoroughly throughout just about every mm. other section of this book. And now we only tell you what they are now. Give us the TLDR, yeah, though, mate. Yeah, sure. So, um, okay, so the Philosophies of War. Basically, before it was Monka Kion was from a commander model, um, and you ha- it's like a, an aura of six. Now it's just army-wide, yeah. so you choose it, and the beauty of this, I'm going to kind of like dumb it down rather than reading all the long words. It's basically saying to you, look, mm-hmm. um, after the initiative roll has been done, so when you know you're going first or second, you can choose one of these philosophies, so Monkar. So this is in between battle rounds one to three. Each time this unit makes a normal move or advances in your movement phase, until the end of your shooting phase, it counts as having remaining stationary. Each time a model in this unit makes a ranged attack that targets the closest eligible enemy units within the range shown in the table below, improve the armor penetration characteristics of that attack by one and reroll a wound roll of one. So, battle round one, 
18 inches, battle round two, 12 inches, battle round three, nine inches. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain Kion, and then I'm going to try and not get into the debate of all the confusion around the the, the Montcar itself and actions and stuff. Let's just leave that yeah. out of it, and let's talk about what's in the book. So Kion is effectively the same, but from round, well, it's not the same, sorry, rounds three to five. These are the benefits. The unit is eligible to shoot in a turn in which it fell back, but if it does, then until the end of the turn, each time a model in this unit makes a ranged attack, subtract one from the attacker's hit roll. Each time a model in this unit makes a ranged attack that targets the closest eligible enemy unit within 12 and is not within engagement range of any enemy units and did not fall back this turn, an unmodified hit roll of the value shown on the table below if that attack scores a hit, score an additional hit. So battle round three, on a roll of an unmodified six, you get an extra exploding hit. And then on a four, it's five plus. On a turn five, it's four plus. So, so let's talk Moncar. What do you think? Yes. Uh, so of the two of these, Moncar is the, obvi- the obvious mm-hmm. choice. Firstly, because it's when the game is won and lost. I, I, I call, you guys know me, I call games of 40k, I watch games of 40k, I'm a, I try to be a student of the game and try and study as much as I can, and I can tell you just about, oh, unless it's two absolute top table players with relatively same balanced armies, the game is over by turn three, or it's very predictable by the end of turn three. And so you just you don't want to be just starting to come into your strength on turn three. You want to be, and so for me, Moncar is always the better option than than the Kalyon, which sucks um, because Kalyon's phenomenal. But Moncar is just good. The range bands are better as well. Kalyon only activates within twelve inches. That that, that range mm. doesn't get better. If you're playing Kalyon, you're playing a sit back army. And if if you have taken Kalyon and you flag that to me, I'm going to play a sit-back game. Congratulations. Like, I come within 12 and let you explode on me. Um, so you're going to have to come out at some point, which is what I, what I want you to do anyway. And so I think the T's and C's on Kalyon are not quite right, even though it's phenomenally mm. powerful. Like, I, the one game I played, I picked Kalyon because I was stuffing around and wanted to give it a go. Um, when it when it activated, like, I had a ghost kill with an Ion, get 12 hits. <laughs> you know? That kind of dumb stuff happens. Um but Moncar is just like bread and butter. Everything in your army is just better. If people remember what I said about Twisted, Twisted Helix, um, everything that you want to do as a GSC player, Twisted Helix makes a little bit better. And everything I feel like you want to do in this book, Moncar makes a little bit better. Agreed. The Just to play the yin and yang. And the, um, do it. Do it. I'm, this is the way I look at it. And I don't mean this uh, offensively to anybody that might play me. But anybody who I've played at top tables um, and know that they would give me a run for my money, um, I would choose Kion against them. Because the amount of games yep. I've played with my old edition codex where I do not commit my forces until turn three. It's first couple mm-hmm. of turns, we're doing some actions, we're eyeing each other up, we're weighing up how the other person's playing, where the position in the units, looking at the deployment, it's a cagey game. And because we both know that if we make a single mistake, the game is lost there and then. So yes, most games can mm-hmm. be decided in turns one to three, but that is because an opponent will make a mistake that the opponent will then capitalize on. So if both players are playing the perfect game, Kion could be amazing. And I say could be because that's Mm -hmm. the testing that I'm going to do. I want to play with Kion. I want it to be good. But I also, I'm thinking, 
I know a handful of players. I'm not going to give them um, the joy of me calling them out, um, but I'm going <laughs> to say that I know that I would be adapting the Kion because I know their game style. I think they could fix yep. Kion by a single FAQ, change it from 12 to 18 inches. 18 to 18. 12 is too close 18, perfect. for the style of game. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. 18 and then is perfect. A, a, re- uh, a game changer then. I agree, agree. And it's it's eighteen. It's sorry, it's twelve and the closest. Yeah. So you can, you you're on top of them. Like if you haven't done any damage before you try and close the distance on turn three, you're just feeding him your army. Is the fear. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, I, I think Moncar is the go to out mm. of the gates. But you're right. I I see like, especially because people will. I think people will just expect you to take Moncar. I think Kalyon, You're absolutely right. If you want to pace out the game, like we've been talking yeah. about. And take a bit more control of the tempo. Kion could absolutely be well, a look go. Well, look how Matt, also, Matt and uh, Siegler were playing, and a lot of other top players at LVO. Uh, David Gaylard, um, you had you know, all of the greats that were playing at the LVO. When you're watching their game, you can see it's weighing up each other. It's tit for tat. It's yes. um, slow yep. placement, feeding them units, giving them stuff to bait the other opponent to make a move. Mm-hmm. That's how Kion is actually... That's the philosophy of Kion, setting up traps. Yeah. But I think, that, for example, the closest didn't need to be a thing because it doesn't take a genius to go, here's a custode player who goes, here's a dreadnought. Here's, well, here's, here's one of my dreadnoughts. I'm going to put all the buffs on him. He's the closest. You ain't doing anything to him. <laughs> well, or, or here's the stupid thing. Here's my three units of Virtus Praetors. Or you only have a shooting phase because you don't, you don't have any other phases. Here's five Sisters of Silence yeah. in front of my whole army. And just you have to wait. What even just wasting one activation is too much. Let alone maybe possibly two activations. Um, yeah. yeah, horrific. So, like that, so for that those town players out rough. there, what I would probably say is um, Montcar will be your crooks. Um, I would suggest if you're new to playing Tau, don't take Montcar because you'll get too used to it and it won't make you a better player. You'll just steamroll people. Ooh, take that's take a good, Kion. That's, that's a good take. Take Kion and actually hmm. practice with. A, 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 a you know something that's not that very good, not like not that good. So then you become a better player. It's like what I was saying in the first episode. I gotten a better player because I played with uh, a trash tier army at the time. So take Kion, practice it, perfect it, and it'll actually probably improve your gameplay. I think that is an amazing take. Everybody, clip that, re-rack it, roll it back. Listen to a first thing in the morning every day. <laughs> um, all right, on to abilities. So we have a couple of different things here. We have battle suits, um, which I'm assuming we can just TLDR to saying that they get to shoot yeah. in combat. Um, we have marker lights, which I'm going to unpack a little bit here. So marker lights, units in your army can perform the following action if they have the marker light keyword. Um, one or more marker light units from your army can start to perform this action at the start of your movement phase. Um, aircraft marker light units can perform this action. The action is completed at the start of your next shooting phase. If the action is successfully completed for the models in that unit, it is equipped with one or more marker lights. the model in equipped with one or more marker lights. For each marker light in that unit, is equipped with select one enemy within 36 of that model, and it would be eligible target for that model if it has been selected for it to shoot. If its unit has been selected, and roll a d6 on a three plus, it gains a marker light token. A marker light token essentially denotes that one single instance of shooting, one single unit's instance of shooting, can be a plus one to hit, which then expends that token. Man, that 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 action is worded so it stupidly. Is, it, is, it, is. it could just be like perform action <laughs> unit within 36 inches on a three plus put put down marker light token marker light token do action expended, roll blah, a three blah, blah. plus this win. is yeah this is stupid is. this is the, this Very is worded so stupidly um is there anything that i didn't hit that i didn't get out um, of that no like i've obviously had thorough. loads of people saying you know there's loads of talk on the the competitive tower group and lots of other things saying how does it work how does it work and to simplify it if you're an infantry model 
you have to see a target at the beginning, declare the action, roll to see if it hits. If you do not see, you cannot do a mark light. If you are a drone or a vehicle, you can move. You can say at the beginning, I'm declaring I'm doing a mark light action, move, see a target, roll a dice. And then Pathfinders have the ability to do all of that, but at the end of the movement phase, so just like drones or vehicles. Yeah. So that is the simplified yeah. way of doing it. Um, let's not get in the topic of what we're waiting for in FAQ about the remaining stationary. Again, don't be that guy. It's just do it like I've explained. You know, infantry. Can you see? Yes, roll the dice. If you can't, no. I, I don't. I don't get why there's any I don't distinction. Either. It should all it's, just be done. It should all just be done at the end of the movement phase by everybody, and then just, you could delete two whole paragraphs of this stupidly yeah, worded yeah. thing. I'm not one to point fingers and be like, "Whack players this, whack players that." But people, obviously, in a rule based game, you know, there's certain games out there like Magic: The Gathering. It's all rule based. You, you you take it to the letter. But we're dealing with a very complex game here, so there's going to be errors along the way. Just apply common sense. Yeah. But obviously, have that conversation with your opponents and most tos will actually go don't be stupid this is the ruling that's it it so i think it's the tos that have lost out on this because they've got a bit more work to put in by just saying yes or no to this kind of stuff but read it from the book mm. do the intention of look like yeah. i said exactly yeah. um what's the other ones man strike right. so whatever it's it's deep strike. strike ambush predators free game move for all crew Pre-game move. It's by to greatness. Yeah, so it's what I was mentioning before about the ethereal. So in your command phase, select one friendly Tau Empire core or Tau auxiliary unit within six of this unit's ethereal model, excluding faster enclaves. Until the start of your next command phase, while that unit is performing an action, it can make ranged attacks without failing the action. So pretty good, right? Unit of fire warriors, Beautiful. you want to shoot yeah. them and yep. do an action? Go for it. Well, that's amazing. So, like, in addition to being a chaplain mm -hmm. that gives out its uh, leadership, which is a very good leadership value, um, in an aura, it also gives out a mm -hmm. litany or a canical, uh, possibly two, depending on if you're a special character or you have the, the honourable stave or whatever. And then you also make you can do an action without things failing. Like, I think this is just a really good package now. Um, and how many points is it? Is it fifty-five? Uh, yeah, but 60? I think with it, if you were putting on a hover drone, uh, like Back to the Future style, uh, it's about, it's about yeah. 55, 60 points. Yeah. A great value, yeah, a great value. All right, so going down to our second last bit before we talk about some data sheets, we're going to talk about <laughs> drones for a moment because how the way drones work has yeah. changed. I I loathed the way the drone interaction Agreed. was worded before, like was was done, um, and I uh, I can do the same rant I did with the on GSC. So. You targeted the unit, yeah? You're like, okay, I'm going to shoot that Riptide. Okay, and I'm going to roll to hit, and I'm going, to, I'm going to roll to wound against that Riptide. And then that Riptide gets to take saves. And then after its armor has been penetrated because it has failed its save, the drone gets between the armor and the and the bits and you know, just slides in like, like the Terminator 2, just liquefies itself and gets between the damage because that's how it worked, you know? Because you, you roll to hit and wound and the save against the model and then the, then the drone got in the way. It didn't make any sense at all. Now, if I'm right, drones are just part of the unit and you can choose to take the save on the drone or you've not. Kind of, you've kind of got most of it right, uh, except the uh, just yep. a little bit of a, just to reword what you said, part of that is the way it works now, uh, but back then you didn't even, you didn't get a chance to do a save, you just after the, the hit roll, you just intercept. So you just kind of go up, pass it on. Yeah. But with this one, the uh, the way that it's worked now is brilliant. It means there's no feel bad moments. There's no, hey, I've got this damage 12. Oh, you've just, yeah, drones. Great. There's none of that feel bad moment of like, I'm going to conga line a big unit of 10 drones. And just because the drone unit's within three, I can just pass on to a drone that's yeah. all the way to the side of the board. Yeah. So they've cleared it up, guys. Mm -hmm. So for those people thinking, I hate going against how the drone rule is crap. I hate it. 
it's gone, guys. It's great. It, it, it's a good change to the game. And anything that's actually going to improve the level of play between players has got a thumbs up from me. So should we go on to a couple of Agreed. the? Uh, should I go and read out the abilities? Yeah, and you, you're right. I did get that wrong because that was the that's the, the way the GSC. Yes, it's works. the way the GSC. It's a very similar concept, but what they've done is they've taken a little yeah. bit of element to it and changed it in this one. So the drones' abilities. So effectively, each time a drone unit model in the unit is destroyed, it is ignored for the purpose of morale tests. Um, and also, uh, if this unit also contains models without the drone keyword. So, for example, if they are within a unit of fire warriors, for example, not just in all in a yeah. drone unit. But if you have a, a unit entirely of drones, they, they will, will suffer from morale. Yeah. Yeah. Artificial yeah. helpers. So drone models are ignored for the purposes of the lookout sir rule, determining the unit's starting strength and whether this unit is below half strength. Determining this model, this unit's toughness characteristics, it also contains models without the drone keyword. Uh, so brilliant. So guys, look, if you have one drone, the unit's not toughness four. <laughs> or yes. if you have this one drone model, it's not going to uh, affect your lookout. So determining kind of like when you've lost morale, doesn't matter. It's cool. They're just there. That, that's what they're a belated wound, um, which is good. Um, limited parameters. If this unit contains only drone models, this unit cannot perform actions, excluding the fire mm -hmm. marker light action, and loses the objective secured ability if it has, and cannot gain it through any means. So, good. It means that, for example, I can't have two drones split off from my commander and go and do one of the mission secondary actions. They just cannot do it, mm. which means that they uh, it, it makes it a bit fairer. Uh, rather than having a yeah. twenty-point unit, effectively, because they're like or sixteen points, because gun drones are eight points. Yes. Going, hey, I don't really care if I die, but I've just done an important action and won the game. None of that, mm -hmm. none of that rubbish. Uh, docked drones. So this is a change to some of the devilfish shenanigans that I used to pull a lot in the last. Correct. So basically, docked drones. Any weapons that this model is equipped with are considered to be equipped to the model it's docked with instead. Same as the other ones. Gun drones mm -hmm. will be BS4 yeah. of the Delfish or whatever the BS of the Delfish yeah. is when it downgrades. Attack models cannot be allocated to this model and it does not count as a model on the battlefield for any rules purposes. If the model is docked when with it... With, Basically, if the vehicle dies, uh, the drones have died as well. Yep. Now, this is good. The drones are as well. Good. They don't, they don't what this is going to yeah. stop is, for example, in the old book, I used to go, here's a Delfish. It's got two drones on the side. I've got breaches inside with two drones. Okay, the Delfish is blown mm -hmm. up. I'm going to place these two drones next to your unit, so you have to consolidate into those two drones and my unit's yep. safe. None of that anymore. Basically, it well, goes. And also to that point, when you, like, if there was a Delfish that had two drones and then there was a, a unit of drones inside with a unit of breaches mm -hmm. and you pop the devilfish, you now have three other things you need to kill the whole well, thing. Four, because you could have two units of five breaches at the time. That, that, <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah exactly you could right. loads. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it stops any of that. So I like this. This is a good positive, uh, you know, change to drones. Mm. Um, the other thing is keywords. Uh, do you want to take the keywords, bro? Uh, yeah, sure. So, Keywords-wise, all drones have the following faction keywords to our Empire of Core, with the Sept keyword as well. All drones have the following keywords as well. They are drones and they are fly. Drone models do not gain the keywords of any unit that contains them, excluding tactical drones on page 155. Uh, 115, sorry. For the purposes of interacting with terrain features, drone models count as having the infantry keyword. So this is a good distinction. It is. It allows, um, it allows the drones to not infringe units and uh, the units not to infringe the drones' capabilities as well. Um, now, um, obviously, apologies, um, but just to... There's a lot of confusion 
or there's, again, there's another rule that people are talking about where they're like, you could take a single marker drone in a unit of 10 breaches and copy what the Death Watch do and transfer the keyword of, because it's got man to strike, the whole unit of 10 fire warriors or breaches can deep strike. I'm sorry, if you're trying to tell me two du- 10 dudes can sit on top of one marker drone that could, Mary Poppins. Yeah, they're not doing it. They're not yeah, doing it. Yeah. Now, yeah, just, just gonna, Mary Poppins down like a nice conga yeah, line. It's all, be these, all these um, clarifications, rather than us wasting time going through it just go over to goonham and they did a lovely thing where they went um here's all of the things that we feel are wrong and i think it's spot on i don't know if you've read it have you read it no uh, they, they basically summarize all the things that can go wrong if you're doing rules as written and what they predict um should well how it should be played and i think it's spot on it literally nails every one of these discussions about montcar the keywords and it's going to happen in faq guys so um drones Really good step forward, um, and I'm really happy that they've got rid of some of the jank. Beautiful. Um, on that note, we might just talk about one or two data sheets and then wrap this one up. We are going a bit long in the tooth, but hopefully you guys have appreciated the discourse. Um, what is one data sheet that you think is vastly or greatly improved? Actually, what is the single most improved unit in this book? Okay, so let's just remove all the characters and stuff because they're obvious. Um, you know, you can look yeah, at those and go, right, yeah, these are great. I think the two ones that we should uh, talk about that are everyone's favourites um, that have been sat in the box for a while is is uh, broadsides and um, crisis variations. Who had the broadsides in their box? What is this <laughs> going? What's, what is this madness? I think, uh, well, not in the box, maybe on the shelves. Um, broadsides, yeah. uh, let's talk about the broadsides first. Okay, so um, the key thing for me is broadsides have gained the infantry keyword. Mm, it's that's, huge, that's huge, man. Um, let's just talk about why it's huge. One, they can walk through ru- ruins, not really have to walk around terrain. <gasps> So just to just to put this in perspective though, guys, they are moving five, weapon skill five plus, weapon skill four plus, strength and toughness five, wounds eight, attacks three, and a two plus save. So they have the most wounds of any infantry model in the game. That's a non-character, to, to my mind. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, they do. Hmm. Nice. Like yeah, I, I can't think of anything else. Anything else that has eight wounds and is infantry that is not a character, and it's only a couple of characters that do. No, that's good. What? Especially, and I think the thing is, like with the infantry keyword, you let's just look at some of the b- benefits rather than the stat lines. They can move through terrain, as I mentioned. They don't have to spend movement going around because they're only moving five. They can benefit from cover, so an extra save on a two-up save yep. level, so it becomes a one. They can also use set to defend for Overwatch purposes and be Overwatching on fives. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what what, and also do actions as well. Yes. So, I think they are phenomenal. Which weapon system? Uh, so it was usually just the high yield mm. pods, yeah. That Mass we just shots, take, which is yeah. um, range range thirty, heavy four, strength seven minus two, two damage, and then you would take um, two SMS on them as well. Yeah, so the high yield well. was the most popular um, choice at the behind because it was like mm. you said, it, well, it was a thirty six inch range, but it was uh, strength seven minus yeah. uh, one because you could do ATS or minus two D three damage. Yeah. Now. They've upped it, they have. They've made it damage 2, minus 2, strength 7, but I don't think that's good because a lot of minus 1 damage out there. And they've also dropped the range to make it 30. It's the heavy rail rifle. They've basically copied and pasted the Magna rail rifle from the Psychic Mm -hmm. Waking and made it a standard gun. So heavy 2, 60-inch range, strength 9, minus 4, D3 plus 3. But that's not the, the best part. It says each time a successful wound roll is made for an attack, the target suffers one mortal wound in addition to any other damage. So mm-hmm. let's say you're 100% efficient. Well, there's six mortal wounds. 
Six and mortals. every one is D3 plus three damage. And you're minus four, so take your invuns. If you take them in Borkan, yes. you have one guy if you really wanted to go, no invun. But it's great. It's got the board range, it's got the AP, it's got the damage, and it's got the mortals. And it looks so much cooler. I'm just, just, yeah. just letting Here's you my know. Gun. The, the, <laughs> the missiles, the missiles, like, yeah, sure, they look cool, but the gun is just yeah. baller. Uh, and of course, you can have, um, can you still have your SMS and, and or your yeah, plasma you rifle? Or, yeah. The SMS is obviously yeah. um, as we uh, used to. It's 13 range, uh, heavy eight. Um, notice, yeah. So there's no longer. So it's a twin. Okay, so this is important. Yep. It's changed from it's, it's one, one yeah, it's one point. So it's eight eight eight, not four four three times. So you can allocate mm-hmm. for uh, for split firing eight on one, eight on the other, and eight on a third selective, not yep. four on every yep. one if you wanted to. So it has had a little bit of a nerf, but it's strength five now. AP one is standard, whereas before it was AP zero, and it's damage one, but it ignores light cover. So with Montcar and stuff, you can get some real efficiency on them. So SMS. And then you did the the, the the rail gun, the heavy rail rifle. Support systems. Oh, sorry. Let's not forget their crushing bulk. So in melee, they are stat line, as you mentioned before, strength five. So crushing bulk adds plus one strength, so strength six and AP one and damage one in combat. It's okay. It's funny. And it's it might come in clutch. Uh, so yeah, how many points will a broadside run you if you didn't go over it already? Um, the points wise with the SMS... Um, Comes in at 110 points per broadside. Um, that's that's not cheap, it's not, but it's not cheap. Um, but let me let me just pull up my list. I'll just double check that because um, it obviously depends on kind of what loadout you want. Yeah. Uh, but the broadside is 90 points with a heavy rail rifle uh, and the twin smart missiles. So the 90 points a model. Uh, so that's, that's cheap, actually. To be fair, to what it that's, does. Yeah. That is actually very cheap. Look at a Castellan, because its equivalents are like, you know, Tau, mm. the Castellan robots, things of that nature. And I think it is better than all the things I just said. Yeah. Uh, well, firstly, it's more wounds with drone protection, better save than, yeah, yeah. They're amazing. They're a phenomenal, phenomenal unit. I think rather than um, going the, through all the different support systems that it can take, what I would say, to just kind of summarize quickly, is that you're going to be taking your uh, stabilized optics, uh, potentially if you don't yeah. take Kion, and also afterwards you want to keep them still moving without penalty. And I think with the mm-hmm. upcoming Eldar release, you'll probably go back to taking Velocity Tracker. So Velocity plus Tracker. one to hit fly. Yeah. Uh, I think those are the two. The rest of them are a bit like, meh, why would you? Meh. Yeah. If, the, if, if you needed early warning override, you've got to play better. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So it's going to basically be guys <laughs> yeah. look for stabilized optics or velocity tracker because there's going to be yep. still a lot of inherent minus one to hit. And remember, with broadsides, they ain't really getting within 12 with farsight, and you're going to have your marker lights. Yeah. So being able to make them hit on potentially, um, you know, threes or fours if they have a mar- well, actually threes all the time if you took velocity tracker and you had a marker yep. light on there, you could guarantee yep. that even if you had a minus one, you're still hitting on threes. Uh, with only six shots, I think that's the way to go. So I'd I think so be tempted too. just to keep velocity trackers on there anyway. Um, anyway, I would, yeah. Um, all right, the, the one I want to talk about before we wrap this up is Vespid. <laughs> <laughs> These, I think, are the most improved unit in this book, like just based on just raw stat line stuff. So they're now movement 14, weapon skill, skill 4 plus, strength and toughness 4, which I think is up. Is, were they toughness 4 before? They were toughness 4, but they were strength before. 3, so now yeah. they're strength 4. Yeah. Um, one wound, one attack, five, uh, a leadership five, and a four-up save, but the leadership eight with their Sarge. Um, their Neuron Blaster, <laughs> which is possibly the biggest glow-up to a weapon we've seen 
ever. Yeah. Uh, it's range 18, assault 2, strength 5, minus 3, 2 damage. And in combat, I'll just point out that they are rend 1, 1 damage. And of course, they have innate deep strike. Uh, this is a baller unit, right? 100%. Um, two reasons, and these are obvious. Um, one, thank you for helping me do R&D. All um, the actions where I don't, I don't leave my deployment zone. Yeah, and also, um, if you don't deal with me, I'm also then going to shoot you in the face quite it's viciously. Actually, why do they get that good a gun? Um, I think it's because, <laughs> well, okay, look, fluff-wise, they have a little uh, crystal that nobody else can touch because it'll melt their face, but the vested uh, they, wings they cool it down. Um, and therefore, uh, they're able to shoot you in the face and melt you. So anyway, that's a yeah, bit of fluff sure. for you guys. But yeah, sure. Yeah, there you go. That's why. That's why you come to this show. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. All about the fluff. <laughs> no, these guys are great. R and D and also engage points as well. So if they don't deal with you, they're going to be out. You know, take you to six to guarantee you. Could they just like stop making everything in the game annihilate annihilate marines? That'd be fantastic. Well, right? it's, that'd be just yeah, great. no, no, it'd be great. Let's kill marines. They're getting a new codex soon, right? Anyway, <laughs> yikes! Uh, uh, probably, and, and knowing knowing eighth edition, it'd be broke as a joke. Do you know what makes these uh, even more broken? The Vespid as well. They're on twenty five little bases. I know the tiny bases. <laughs> the tiny bases. How many points? Uh, they How many are, points are they? Uh, basically, for a unit of six, it's seventy two points. So the twelve points model. Ah, oh, they're good. They're yeah, so I've, I've, good. like I said before, I'm, I've I've just about painted my final six, and I've got twelve of them. So thank Dude, you very much. Move, move fourteen with an assault weapon as well, so you can move just twenty inches a turn with mm -hmm. these guys and shoot eighteen and 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 do all your <laughs> actions and do all your things and just deep strike down and yeah. do other actions and do all your things. Yeah. They are a phenomenal quality of life improvement. Everybody, take two units. Yeah, utility take two units of six. Utility. And do all your rods and your things. Yeah, it's almost like maybe GW really wanted to get rid of some Vespid from the warehouse, right? <laughs> yeah, they looked at the they looked at the barrel of Vespid that nobody has like delved into in like the bygone era of third edition. They're like, we should do something about that. Mm. Um, but dude, on that note, we are all, we are pretty much done with the review of the book. In fact, we're done with the review of the book. We've talked yeah, about much more data sheets, but we've gone long enough. It's time to give us some uh, impre first impression verdicts. So the first, we do two rating systems here. We do an internal balance, as in how good is this this book for tower players out of ten. One being trash tier, nothing like forget about it, and ten being this is the best book tower players have ever received. Okay, so where would you put it? Um, Look, um, Seeker of Perfection, so I'm not going to give it a full 10, but I would definitely put it on the realms of 9. Hmm. I'd say a strong, uh, I'd say a low 9 or a very high 8. I was going to say eight, eight and a half to 9 as well. Yeah. I think this is possibly the best Tau Codex we've ever had because it is dynamic, it is interesting, it is non-linear, and it's better than just, oh, here's, here's your two good units plus drones which it feels like it's been forever. Yeah, um, and they're a popular faction. So I think um, if are. I was in, if I was working in the games workshop um, and you know wanting to forecast what I want to happen with Tau, I would say that let's make it a strong codex, which they have done, a, a strong eight or a low nine, and then when we get the treatment of these um, armies of renown, they'll bring out some tasty, spicy stuff with Farsa enclaves for the fanboys out there and push it yeah. to that high nine to possibly a ten. Fair enough. In, a, fair in enough. reaction to Eldar and everything that's coming out, they'll bring out Riptide Wing and everybody will lose <laughs> oh, their God. minds. Nah, I will nah, lose man. my All mind. About I will... 
Oh, the, the, the brother R will be so good. Um, oh, but I want a crew one. I want a crew supplement. Yeah. I still want my crew supplement, baby. <laughs> Give us like a crew lieutenant or something and just, yeah. Crew with power fists. To go with. Yeah. Exactly, exactly right. Um, so then we have our external rating, the meta rating. How good you, where would you put this on the power scaling, the, the C tier oh. to S tier power okay, rating? Okay, so I would probably, <sighs> I'd say A tier. I'd say they're yep. definitely firmly in the high A tier, um, depending what happens with... I think, okay, look, no, A tier, and the reason they're not S tier is because they've done their job just by existing. They've absolutely yes. gone in and go, we'll take A, not S, but we'll take A, and then take everybody else's S tier list and put them back in the what-do-we-do pile because it, Correct. Stops, it stops this stampede. It's literally ruined rack spam and uh, it's just changed up the entire game itself and it has, i couldn't yeah. have asked for anything better no nah, i think you've had that the nail on the head i'm not willing to give it s tier just yet it could very well be s tier but considering like the s tier to me is like is lists now not factions the only faction i think is an s tier faction is custodes mm. i think there are drakari lists that are s tier and there are there is a crusher stampede list and like a hive mind list that is s tier yeah but there are not whole factions anymore that's why i think this could be an s tier faction because i think they're, they're whole, holistically they're extremely strong but i'm gonna go a plus or even a plus plus yeah yeah because like I've, I've got like orcs and stuff in a tier and i think this is better this is easily better than orcs so a plus for me um and yeah, the rest remains to be seen. On that note, my dude, we have something interesting that you want to tell people about that they can do. Oh, sorry, actually, no, this is going to come out too late to do it. But there's going to be another part released uh, for your general consumption with this one. We're going to be doing a three-part episode this week. The first part, we've just done the review. You've just listened to it. Hopefully, it was enjoyable. The second part's going to be over uh, behind the paywall, which will be um, myself and Kyle doing the huge swathe of matchup questions that we've been given. You know, how is how do you play Tau with Knights? And how do you do this? How do you play into this with Tau? And, you know, what, what's good with GSC? And et cetera, et cetera, into this new meta. We're going to be unpacking and think tanking all those questions. We're also going to be doing a third part, which Kyle has thrown up himself. You want to tell people about that yeah so basically guys um i've uh, i actually love the support from the community i love the fact that i've been able to come on to your show our war down under and talk about the one i met i love so what i decided to do is because a lot of people have been private messaging me which i don't mind by the way um just message me with your you know ideas for lists but what i'm basically doing on tuesday the 15th on the main tau competitive group which i think has got the one that's got fourteen thousand people on it and it's got farsight as the picture with uh unvar looking disappointed in i'm on Tuesday, I'm going to post up something saying, right, put your list in the comment section, and for 24 hours, so for all of Tuesday, um, I will look at your list, give any kind of advice, and alter it slightly to make it a little bit more competitive, whether it's your, a friendly game or whether it's a, a, a practice for a tournament doesn't matter i'll help you out and it's not behind a paywall it's just there to kind of give back to the community and it's something that i think that a lot of people especially who are new to tau or maybe have had tau and they've not touched them since you know ninth edition i think it'd be a great way to give you a bit of confidence going into a game so happy to do it and what we're then going to do is uh, me and adam are going to run through it um behind um a paywall and we're going to talk about our ideas um mm -hmm. and 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 how um, we can improve us this further to give you guys a bit yeah. extra support. Essentially, we're going to record a 
0.3 of this. Mm-hmm. So we usually do Art of War to be 81.1, 81.2 goes for the patrons and the subscribers. 81.3 is going to be me and Kyle unpacking those lists, breaking them down, talking about what you think could be optimized, what you think could be changed, what it's trying to achieve, etc., etc. We're just going to chuck that out next Tuesday with this one. So if you've seen this, if you listen to this, go and look for that part three that's going to be coming out alongside. Essentially, it's a little tower bonus episode just based purely on list construction and unpacking the list that you guys have sent in. So go over and check that out. And yeah, thank you so much, Kyle. Anything else you'd like to plug before we wrap up? No, that's it, guys. I think it's been a pleasure. And uh, hopefully all this has been kind of insightful and useful for everybody. So yeah, it's been a pleasure. My absolute pleasure as well. Do take care. Good night, everybody. And see you over on the other parts. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under. A content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.